Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I am here to break down Season 2, Episode 21 of Gossip Girl, Seder Anything. And if I sound a little rusty, it is because it has been a while since I have done this intro, because it has been a while since we've recorded anything. But I am back, and I am not here by myself. I am here with my co-host, and it seems to me the old Brendan is back, and I'm not very happy to see him. Welcome back, Brendan Ruffle. Hello. I am, of course, your co-host, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dilly Ho to Cream Nation. I'm recording live, as always, from the Creatorium, and I am your editor-in-chief at Cream Weekly. And Maddie, if I may call you Maddie, it's, you been, it's been lonely here. In uh, It's been lonely here for the Lonely Boys. It's been lonely in the Creatorium. I'm just so glad we're back here talking about uh, 2008's best comedy. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And this is a comedy. This is a teen a teen comedy, Gossip Girl. Today it was. Um, yes. And it it has, like we said, it has been a while. We, we've we gotten very busy. I, I made a tweet that between the two of us, we have, uh, you know, 70 jobs this summer. You're out selling tea to people. I'm uh, making pizzas. It's been it's been very busy this <laughs> summer. Food, we have food-oriented jobs. <laughs> yeah. We have not really had time to get together. We also had, uh, you know, some difficulties scheduling-wise and... Uh, you know, I thought we weren't going to have enough time to catch up today because I originally thought that we were going to have uh, our very first four-person uh, episode here today. But as as it would turn out, it's still just a a, a, a three p again. So we we have some time to uh, to shoot the shit here. We sure do. Um, and should we just introduce our guest so we can do that? I, I'm, I'm, I have a, something I want to say once we do introduce that guest. Okay, great. Um, I, so I will introduce him. Yeah. Uh, you may know him. As the, I guess, creator and uh, CEO of the most Whoa. successful and critically acclaimed uh, fan-made Survivor game, of course, Survivor Maryland. Um, you may also know him from uh, making some of the worst puns I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> please welcome to the podcast, Austin Trump Vanderbilt. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Wow! <laughs> I. I... <laughs> I think I, my bank account just tripled in uh, in an instant, so that was beautiful. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, welcome to the crematorium. Welcome to Lonely welcome. Boy Studio. Thank you for having me. And and I just want to say, uh, well, I want to say a few things. One is that I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be a lonely boy. It, you know, it really is fitting considering I was supposed to have a boy with me, aka my fiance, Danny, and he abandoned me for this. So I'm now lonely too. And and here we yeah, are. We're yeah, we're all um, lonely. And that's sort of what I wanted to touch on today. I just wanted to say, oh yeah, uh, damn, Daddy couldn't show up. <laughs> oh, Maddie, where does that rank compared to my worst pun? 
<laughs> you, you know this this really wasn't uh, a pun it was a uh, it was a very dated reference that has no I mean, place honestly, in here. maybe 2008 right yeah, which, <laughs> which in itself is is pretty funny it's uh um yeah i i'd rather i'd rather hear and he was pretty committed to it he did the voice so i'd rather hear that than uh than most of what you're coming up with in the group chat no offense to <laughs> you austin well, I'm gonna be honest, Manny. Just for you, I didn't even write down a single pun tonight. So, you know, inevitably <laughs> one will probably happen. But I was yeah, not. Probably. I've, I've written puns out of my. You know, spoiler-free podcast, pun-free podcast. We're here. Um, no but I, no I do want to say, did you just call the episode Cedar anything? Did I? Oh, yeah, I believe you did. Someone's got uh, well, Arbor Day in the mind. I, I meant, I mean, they did say Seder a million times in the episode, so I do know it is pronounced Seder. Uh, any pronunciation errors is simply because uh, th- I guess that's just how it looks when I read it. But um, <laughs> I will, I'll take it again, and Brendan will just kind of dub my voice over it in the beginning. So hold on. Uh, here to break down season two, episode 21 of Gossip Girl Seder. Seder. <laughs> any, anything. Okay, that's great. Seder, so I hardly just... even know her. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. <laughs> So kind of just put any of those uh, satyrs over the original, and uh, we should be good to go. Sure. Was this episode the formative Jewish experience of your childhood, Manny? Well, it would be, but I did not watch Gossip Girl until I was 22. So it really wasn't a part of my childhood, but I, I guess it would have been. I did go to one bat mitzvah back in my day. Really? I've never been. Oh, it was a good time. We danced to uh, Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. Fine. Uh, yeah, that's the only it song I remember like playing. Fun. It was did, fun. Did you, did you get? Uh, I heard, I heard last week uh, you got a candle at every six three sixteen. Did you? Get and a and I'm glad that oh I'm God. glad this comes up on every <laughs> single podcast we do. I'm glad that you are keeping the tradition going. Yes, at every single uh, sweet sixteen I went to, I did receive a candle. Thank you for thank you for mentioning that. He only went to one sweet sixteen. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I went to five or six. <laughs> did you get one of the bar mitzvah? They do candles there sometimes. Hmm. Um. I don't remember Ooh, the uh, them doing that. Well, it wasn't a sweet sixteen. It was a bat mitzvah. Um. I, I don't think. I don't remember them doing it, but I, I, if I got one, I certainly would have remembered me getting one. So I definitely did not. I remember there were balloons, and um, Savannah was uh, sucking in the helium and and doing the thing where you have the high pitched voice. That I remember. That was a good laugh. That's funny. Mm. Always funny. Yeah, that is funny. That's a good bit. Um. So I guess I should ask Austin the question we ask all our guests, and that yes. is, uh, what is your Gossip Girl story? I have a feeling it is a short one, as I believe this is the first and only episode <laughs> you've watched. Uh, yeah, my my story uh, is, has been a real journey uh, of 24 hours. Um, it's been it's had a lot of ups, it's had a lot of downs, honestly. And um, but we're here, we're on the we're on the upper end of it. No, I, I mean I remember during, I guess it was really airing during. Um, would have been like middle school, early high school era for me, which is kind of like the sweet spot of where you want these kind of shows to be in. And I know yeah. a lot of my friends were very into the OC, and I, I don't, I don't know if my like parents were like, you shouldn't watch this. Don't. I, I don't know why I never got into those shows because because I would basically do at that point whatever my group of friends wanted to do in middle school because you I, are I a no famous per- follower. Yeah, <laughs> I had no person. Yeah, that's yeah, known for that. Um, I followed after Jeff Probst, so um, that's right. The uh, you know I, I like. I had no personality of my own, no formed opinions. Like if if my, the person I wanted to be friends with was watching it, I would have thought I watched it. But for whatever reason, I just never got into them. Um, and I just remember always the XOXO Gossip Girl references. And so I I had familiarity with the concept of Gossip Girl, but um, for whatever reason, it just never cracked into what I was doing at the time. Um, well, you but probably, you probably I, thought you were too good for it. 
I don't think I thought that, honestly. I, I, you know, <laughs> there were my highest self-esteem days. We, we've come a long way, but uh, but there wasn't that. Um, but I, I will say, like, I, I found myself yesterday watching, and this isn't like a blowing smoke just because I'm on a, a Gossip Girl podcast, but I was like genuinely not wanting the episode to end because I just like wanted to keep wow. living in the world a little bit longer. Wow. So, so That's it, great. I would say it me in. So you should keep watching then. Just take it from here. You don't need to watch the first however many episodes you've missed. Just keep going. Keep up with the podcast. Well, it was amazing. We kept commenting on that they like did so much exposition in the first like <laughs> four minutes of this episode. It'd be like, they never I love you, Blair Waldorf. For listeners yeah, there's a, there's a moment early on where Lily specifically, she like catches up the audience on what Serena has been up to. <laughs> Where she's just like, Serena, you went to Spain for two weeks and now you're back. I'm like, oh, thanks, Lily, for Austin who missed last week and doesn't know what was happening. Yeah, I think they, just, they knew the Lonely Boys had had been off for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We needed it. we needed this. Yeah, the one the one thing I w- I will say is like, until I listened to last week's episode, no idea that Nate and Blair literally just got back together like three days ago. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a new a new old relationship. Yeah. They dated. Uh, since like kindergarten, and then they broke up, and we had, of course, Blair and Chuck getting together, and now, uh, now Blair's trying the old Nate again. Yeah, I thought this drama was like had culminated over the course of, you know, at least thirteen episodes, like, like that back <laughs> half of the season story arc, and no, just like. It's just every episode, there's like an entire relationship. Arc. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one happened <laughs> Pretty in much. Literally, literally an episode and a half total. Yeah. <laughs> so. Based on the one episode you've seen, do you have a favorite and or least favorite character? And unfortunately, you cannot choose Vanessa as your least favorite character because she was not in this episode. Or I guess kind of fortunately that you didn't have to watch a Vanessa episode. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like I uh, dodged bull on that. Um, so I, I will say this isn't my answer, but um, immediately okay, when great. Serena got on screen, I was like, oh, God, I did love Blake Lively. And I mm-hmm. it just it, like really tapped into something there. However, wouldn't say she was my favorite character. Um, I feel like I really enjoyed... Um, I, I felt for Nate this episode. Felt for a lot of different, different, different aspects of him. Um, you know, good looking as well. It didn't hurt. Uh, and I, I, there wasn't a ton from her, but I just I feel like we like Jenny. Jenny just seemed positive energy, rooting for her, uh, board game kind of girl. I just I loved it. Yes. So um, those are those are probably my two. Great. This is a very. I mean, Nate is had definitely had a good season. We've been commenting, yeah, uh, very positively on Nate lately. And Jenny, this is a very pro Jenny podcast. Most of our. Um, most of her acclaim has come in season one, but she is a very polarizing character. Some people will come on and hate Jenny. We are always defending Jenny. So uh, very happy that you are on the pro-Jenny yeah. side, at least based on this one episode. Yeah, I mean, when you have someone who I'm assuming got sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. um, seems to be recovering from that and being fine and nice to people, I don't really see what to root against. But I, I suppose there must have been other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, she, she's had her low moments, as does everyone. But, uh, even, you know, even she, those are at least she's enticing. a teen. She's a yeah. She's a young teenage girl. So, <laughs> what did yeah. she say, Brendan? Even those low moments are enticing. Like when she's at a oh, low, yes, it's yes, like yes. still entertaining. Um, yes, exactly. I will also say too um, that she this season has been sort of like a bench player in a way. Yeah. But as of late, she's turning On into the fr- like in the a, first half. It was it was kind of all about Jenny, where she drops out of school. That was she becomes she, she start yeah oh. she starts a fashion empire as a fifteen year old. Right. Um, and <laughs> then ever since she went back to school, she's kind of been on the bench. Been off. Yes. But I was yeah. gonna say like the last three episodes though, she's kind of been. Really making uh, those moments count. Been like a, a yes. sort of a Matt Carpenter of the Yankees and is earning herself oh, a starting okay. role again. <laughs> it's been just been I like it. absolutely I like crushing it. it. 
<laughs> do we like Dan here? I, I feel like Dan was likable, but I don't know if I'm just, I didn't know if I was like just supposed to. Dan can be annoying, but uh, I think Dan has had a very good last couple of episodes. I've been pro Dan recently as well. Yeah. Okay. He's always yeah. good with a quip. Even when he's annoying, he's still entertaining. He's quick he, with he's, a he's joke like... or a lot of you smoke, but there's some place that he'd rather be. I did. I'd heard that last night at the wedding. Some cross, some um, cross promotion for, uh, <laughs> for average Joel's. <laughs> <average Joles. laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan's always entertaining just because he's uh, one of the better actors in the show. Um, yeah. And he's always funny. He's always, always good for a good laugh. Yep. Um, so um, for Lee's my... favorite. Wait, hold on. Before you say oh, that. My audacity made it to 12 minutes this time before stopping, so oh. I don't know what's going on with it. So you might uh, not have my backup file, right. but hopefully we should be good. And I will look into this again with what's going on with my <laughs> okay, audacity. So keep it rolling. Did make it 12 minutes this time now. Go for it, Austin. You can say all the audacity. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so all right. So let's get back <laughs> into it, and and Austin will will now give us his least favorite character. So much build up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be at least for this episode, Mr. Vanderbilt. Ah. Uh, what a, you know, what a guy. Come on. I, I really did appreciate his just, like, super villain energy. Like, he <laughs> – like, a lot of people will try to hide – like, kind of, like, hide behind something and, like, be, like, sanctimonious and say – I mean, and he kind of does say he was doing it for, for a good reason. But at certain That's points, he was lie, just, though. like – yeah, pro probably. He was just, like, out front about being a villain. Like, telling Blair, like, you have five minutes to do this or else. <laughs> like, <laughs> But also, he wasn't that threatening in that moment because there was, like, a, a Black Eyes – Black Eyed Peas-esque song playing behind that moment <laughs> it was like some sort of rave music and like why did they Wait, choose this for this moment was this the was this the right round moment or is this a different one it might have oh, maybe they it do play that they do play that song at some point in the episode i don't remember when it was that but was it, the it, most inexplicable moment of any show <laughs> i've ever watched in the entire history of time like i don't know if, if brendan you've seen the genius but maddie no. i know you have and mm, yes of course uh, it's a korean uh game show and they uh they play random american music at random times okay. it makes no sense all of those music choices made more sense than right round Passover Seder. It had no thematic purpose, and it went on for like three minutes. It, that, that's exactly the moment I was talking about. You're right. And usually Josh Schwartz does a good job of putting music at certain yeah. points, and this one, it really had no place at all. It was very, very comical. I genuinely thought there was like some YouTube episode playing in the background that we just like had to turn off or something, you know? Like, I, I just couldn't believe this was going on. It was like, it blocked out every other note in my mind. I just couldn't wait to talk about why on earth did they choose right, right round of any song during that? Yeah, it, it was in that villainous moment too. Like imagine uh, in the dark night when the Joker's like, you know where I got these scars? And then you just hear right round playing behind that fucking moment. This is <laughs> a good, uh, this no a good challenge. Just, just find so a bunch of dramatic like, moments. Like, from... maybe, I feel like for that one, like unwritten, you know, like we could just have a shot. Oh, all right. Well, even though we've already talked about the highlight of the episode, let, let's get into it. Uh, we have season two, episode 21, Seder, anything, not Cedar. Uh, Serena returns from a trip to Spain with Poppy and Gabriel. Blair makes a secret deal with Nate's grandfather, William, and Nate learns some disturbing information about his father's arrest. Dan takes a job as a cater waiter to earn money for college, but is distressed when he discovers the gig as a Passover Seder at the Waldorf penthouse and several of his friends and family are guests. Brendan, it is your time to shine. Uh -oh. What? is this episode a reference to the famous i forget the director's name uh <laughs> the guy that does say anything very good say anything so you are now over 500 again Bang. you are 11 for 21 it, it not see anything i'm sorry what <laughs> no 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 no. it does not see you know, anything yeah. it's pronounced Seder, not cedar <laughs> of course as any as anyone will tell you uh, so very good work brendan this john time. hughes said it i didn't look it up 
I, I, I was gonna say John Hughes is is a uh, is that a John Hughes project? I'm gonna say yeah. Well, watch this. I will click on the link in my Google Notes, and oh. I will tell you that "Say Anything" is a 1989 American teen romantic comedy drama film written and directed by Cameron Crowe in his directorial debut. The film follows the romance, but okay, we don't need the. All right. uh, well, <laughs> I, do I get? I don't get deducted, do I? No, no, you okay. don't. But it's a classic scenario of you saying too much again, <laughs> and just eventually, eventually being wrong. The more you talk, the, the higher likelihood I, is yeah. you will get something wrong eventually. I think I should get like, like negative side points that add up to like an ultimate like offer. <laughs> um, original air date. You'll be very happy to know that this was a uh, a four twenty joint. It premiered on April twentieth, two thousand nine. That's really cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> That explains oh, some of the lines in this in this episode, like "Borachatna <laughs> idios mio." <laughs> when the uh, the doorman offered Gabriel some hash, apparently at some <laughs> point. So I guess that was a shout out to all the potheads watching on 420. Uh, that was a good time. I can't wait like, to get to that part. Like, I have a lot to say about um, Serena's new husband. <laughs> All right, so uh, the previously on, which we have been getting recently, uh, it shows a Gossip Girl blast that says, Blate on a date. Is Blate a good ship name for Blair and That is so bad. I saw that and I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, but but I think the other option was copyrighted because it's Nair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's true. It is is blatantly bad. Nice. Oh, that's good. Oh, my God, a pun. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I forbid Austin from doing it, so I have to take over. (laughs) That's that's like on a lot of levels, too, because... Blair and like Leighton Meester. Oh, that's even better. Wow. So we're wow. spelling it E L E I G H P O N T L Y. Blatant. Oh, boy. So we start off with another Blair dream sequence. This is now the fourth time that Blair is a dream in which she is a character that was played by Audrey Hepburn. Uh, this time she por- is portraying Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, Lady the classic uh, 1964 movie, who I'm I'm sure we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. These are always my favorites. And, oh, my God, Blair <laughs> in a Cockney accent. Literally everything I've ever wanted in life. Leighton Meester is an accent genius and a comedic genius. I love that she was so down for this. Like, Almost it's, won the MVP just for this scene alone. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad. Cockney Blair <laughs> is trying to sell some flowers to Nate, and then also a much more refined version of Blair is sitting next to Nate. And oh my god, just the way, like, please, I'm trying to earn some money to go to Yale. It's my dream. It is just <laughs> amazing work from Leighton Meester and really, really good. Chase Crawford. Also having fun, just like reacting to her. And uh, Nate has the poor version of Blair whisked away, and Blair wakes up from her nightmare, and we see that she's been invited to the wedding. Before you move on, I I just wanted to say, having never watched a second of this show before, I was so confused. This being the literal first scene of God's (laughs) Girl you've ever seen. Really? It's the period piece? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know? No, and I, I, I happen to have Danny's notes as well in spirit, you know. In, oh, you know in, in, so Danny will live on in, in the form of his notes. Had, what are these accents? <laughs> Restaurant dream sequence British? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> See, uh, as Brendan will know, I, my biggest pet peeve famously is when someone says uh, what they have written down in their notes. But since Danny is not here, I, I will allow yeah. it. Uh, I'll, I'll avoid that. But yeah, that was it. That was for Danny. I don't know. You may. Since, to show since... the. The yes. equal reaction. My favorite thing Since is when Danny is uh, not Danny here. It's, calls it's people allowed. out for doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> guests comfort. When half of our guests <laughs> don't do podcasts, and you just tell them that they're doing a shit job. <laughs> that is 
<laughs> now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> so you see that Blair has been invited to the wedding of Maureen Stewart and William Vanderbilt III. And see, Brendan, that's where they get the name Trip from because he's the third. Do you get it Oh, now? really? Oh. This is the second time we've had this conversation, so you shouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know me. Um, <laughs> you know, it has been a while, though. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Also, like, to, so, on that note, though, of me forgetting things, um, Brian uh, of Hobby Boys fame, uh, by Lucky, he sent me a Gossip Girl meme that one that we've talked about before that says like I have to pee and then says Gossip Girl XOXO. Right. Um, he sent that, and I still don't know what it means. I was like, "Thanks, go, Brian, it, for under- like for like think- thinking of me," but I I don't understand <laughs> it at all. Go piss, girl. Go piss, girl. Oh, yeah, they yeah, they yeah, switch yeah. up the letter so it says "Go piss, girl." Oh, and that's what like she, I didn't she's that. saying I have to pee, and then Serena's saying "Go piss, girl." Gotcha. Okay. You got it now? Yeah, I got All it right, now. so tune in next week when we have the same conversation. <laughs> there was Sam, Sam Sanders, was, I think, was the one that told me about it, and I uh, didn't understand it then. And I, now I get it. Shout out to Sam, who has been uh, listening to Lonely Boys at a at a fast pace Good recently. Him. Big, big yeah. shout out to Sam. Sam yeah. knows how to yeah, he got it to his very own episode, and he uh, gave it great reviews. <laughs> really <laughs> I loved, loved it. Really loved it. Yeah. We need to give him more shout-outs. We've been giving Lagori too much screen time. Uh, <laughs> Sam needs to overtake him now. It's his turn. Wow. Really trying to start a rivalry between uh, our dear listeners. <laughs> I've, always, I've been trying. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin, you can facilitate that in the group chat. After we're done here, you can go in and just tell Lagori and Sam that they are fighting with each other now. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll have to just have a, a death match right now. Oh, it sounds good. So yeah. Cyrus is back, which is very exciting. Uh, Blair's showing Cyrus pictures of her and Nate, and she's mad he's not, like, focusing on her. Instead, he's trying to get ready for the big Seder, which is, which is cute how much Blair really uh, does appreciate Cyrus these days and is wants him to pay attention to her. And uh, she says a lot has happened since he was gone. Does not mention the biggest thing, though, which is that she lost her acceptance to Yale. You know, the thing that she, like, just had a nightmare about. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess... He he knows already. I'm I'm just so happy Cyrus is back. Like, and just to let you know, Austin, uh, this is my favorite character, Cyrus. Well, Blair is my favorite character, but Cyrus is my other favorite character, and pretty much everyone loves Cyrus. Uh, he's got a hundred percent approval rating, from what I can tell. And uh, you, I I have to imagine you also loved Cyrus here, Austin. I mean, I'm not going to take away from that. First of all, as a fellow Jew, <clears throat> I appreciated him giving a backing of things that I understood um, for the most part. Although some of the choices of the Seder were choices. Ooh. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, I was a big fan of Cyrus. The only thing is I was, A, thinking to myself, why are people trusting him to drink the wine and be inconceivable? Um, but once I get over that, about 20 minutes in, you know, we were good. I, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I love Cyrus. I love him in this episode. He is just... He's just trying to get through a Seder pretty much all episode with all the craziness going around yeah. him. And so... Which is very relatable for Seders. I, I, <laughs> you're not Jewish, are you? Me? No. No. So... Like every Seder that has ever existed, the matriarch or patriarch, whoever does it for the family, is like desperately trying to get people in order. <laughs> okay. And the funniest joke in the entire show, and I would argue probably up there for the season, was but that most people didn't get was when they said, Wait, we haven't started yet, which always happens <laughs> really? in Seder when you're like an hour and a half in. So glad we have this insight because it, I didn't know if that was spot on or not, or if this is how it all goes. Yeah, I was. Or... That's really yeah, funny. I was going to ask, is a Seder like a customarily like a long thing that they're making it out to be? Because um, like, as you said, I've never been a part of a Seder, so I don't exactly know what happens there. I don't know what the the customary foods are either. What what, were, what was Cyrus and Eleanor making for this Seder? 
So it looks like they were making some matzo ball soup, which you probably are familiar with, right? I've definitely heard of matzo yes. ball soup. Yeah, the, the the chopped carrots can go one of two ways. They could either go with a matzo ball soup or with a side of gefilte fish, which you definitely would not like. Okay, um, I've heard. But, of that. Uh, I like to I, say I, that. You know what? The seder we always go to is on Long Island, so I, hey. there's a chance oh. that we could we could work try to work something out to to get a real seder experience. <laughs> oh. Lonely boys live that, live uh, on location. Oh uh, well, that's it. It'll be Lonely Boys live on location. We'll uh, we'll do a live uh, yeah. seder episode. I, I think Long yeah. Island is also very famous uh, for having good matzo ball soups at delis and diners. So I wonder if uh, I would like that. I, I know a girlfriend of the, well, I guess now coworker of the pod, Nicole yes, thank loves you. herself some matzo ball soup. Uh, but oh, I've never interesting. tried. Well, so you're just don't say that Long Island is known for it because if you go to a Jewish grandmother's house and say, "Oh, I heard the like multiple soup you can buy here is really good," then she will she kill flip you. out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have to you have to have the homemade one, yes. and you have to say it's good no matter what. But it probably will be good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that uh, was my that was my assessment of what they were making there. There are obviously other things as part of the seder, but that's what I would assess. The yeah, we didn't really for. see much more of the food. Because uh, they didn't really get yeah. to it, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were still big on the the wine section. Yeah. Is mostly what they got to. We got we got um, the parsley dipping in salt water. Yes, <laughs> Cyrus was very excited to talk about the parsley. So I, I didn't know that was real because it, it, they thought they were just being like cartoonish about it and being like almost disrespectful. I was like, oh, I guess they're just making fun of <laughs> Seder. So I'm glad to know that they were uh, staying pretty on par with it. Yeah, so the word Seder literally means order. So um, in Hebrew, so so every. Every part of the Seder, like you do it in order. So there's like all these little rules and subparts that they go right. through. So he had to go through each of those parts, which is why when they're like an hour in, they're like, oh my God, we haven't even gotten to the parts uh -huh. yet. Or the, the hand washing is like early on. And he's even so, being, being yeah, really, those are all very real parts. The what? He's even be, being like pretty liberal with it and just like, all right, let's just see oh, yeah. how it, I'm sorry. All right, let's, let's go, let's go. It's like, I, I get yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I yeah. was impressed by Cyrus. He, knowing to move it on, you know, you gotta, you gotta read your audience. And the, the rest yeah. of the, I don't think anyone else Jewish was there. Right, so you can kind of get away with it in that in that respect. Yeah. So, like we were saying, Cyrus and Eleanor, they're having their Seder tomorrow. Blair wishes she could be there, but she has to go to the big wedding that's on the same day. And um, not not for nothing, but what is Aaron's excuse for not being there? You know, Cyrus's son and Blair's stepbrother, Aaron, he's just not coming to any family events anymore? <laughs> I don't know, but thank God he's not there. I also forgot he existed already, so. Yeah, does he get invited? And he's like, listen, Serena, the breakup with Serena was too bad. I can never come to another family event ever again. I, as a matter of fact, I am no longer your son. I am out. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. I don't blame him. Cyrus has a son, Austin. He's a very... He's the opposite of Cyrus. He's the worst, one of the worst characters the show has ever seen. Uh, but he should be part of the family. But ever since his big breakup with Serena, he has uh, not been here. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't miss his presence either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since I didn't know that until you told me. I, yeah. I, I found it strange that Cyrus was like part of this crew at all. I mean, he's he's married to Eleanor now. He's he's like the patriarch of the family, of Blair's family at least. Also, the Eleanor Cyrus height difference. Incredible. Amazing. <laughs> very, yes. very good. Uh Eleanor is like five foot ten, five foot eleven, and Cyrus is five foot two, so it is it is <laughs> amazing the, the height difference. Short King Wallace Shawn, of course. Um so Blair has to go because she's late for the rehearsal, even though, as Eleanor points out, she is not in the wedding. But Nate has texted Blair and said he has a surprise. Um, notice he did not email Blair, Brendan. So we know this is actually Nate here and not Chuck. Oh, very good. Good point. That's how you know. It's not Chuck uh, hacking into his email again. <laughs> into SoccerBoy69 or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Nate has changed his password? Uh, no chance. No, no, definitely not. He definitely doesn't know how to. So... 
Claire is betting that this has something to do with getting a spot on the junior committee at the Whitney. I have no idea what any of those words mean, but uh, based on the context of this episode, it seems important. like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what a junior committee is. Don't know what the Whitney is, but uh, good so for Blair. refreshing that it was not just me. Oh, my God. No, no, I have no, no idea what this Blair is. Blair loves it. If she hears the word committee, she's going to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, she has to be a part of every committee, every club. <laughs> um, Tripp and Maureen, they're uh, ready to pull some strings for Blair so she can become a socialite. And it seems like Tripp and Maureen, not even batting an eye that Nate has a completely different girlfriend from the last time they saw each other. I guess they're all just like fans of Blair from back in the day. And, you know, who could blame them, really? Yeah, she's been around for majority of his life, so they're probably glad that someone like her is back in his life because right. at least she has some sort of status, unlike Vanessa. So, right, But it's, yeah, it's weird that they aren't like, remember when we saw you two weeks ago and you were dating Vanessa? What, what happened with that? All right, whatever. So uh, Cyrus also mentions that he knows a mugwump at NYU who owes him a favor. Oh, and, yes. Uh, what did I say? Of course Cyrus knows exactly what to do and has people he can talk to. Cyrus saved JR's life in Nam, so he, like, <laughs> it's so refreshing that he's back because Blair has been spiraling out of control, and now Cyrus comes back and he's like, oh, you can talk to him? Yeah, I'll fix Don't it all. Yeah. yeah. And Blair does not seem interested, though. She says, oh, well, I'm sorry, but just because I lost Yale does not mean I'm wasting my time at a non-Ivy reading Beloved six times and experimenting with lesbianism. We have a lot to unpack here with that quote. <laughs> <laughs> the the, cap the college experience has never been more accurately captured. <laughs> there, well, there would be nothing experimental about Blair's lesbianism. That's what I was this, say, this idea. <laughs> This this idea came to her way too quickly. This she, she had that ready ready to say. Yeah, I think she and did air quotes though, NYU, around lesbianism. <laughs> is that what rather. NYU is known for, or just non Ivies in general that uh, they read Beloved six times and uh, also experiment with lesbianism? Yeah, I, I guess in her mind, anywhere that's not just about learning, you're gonna experiment with your sexuality. <laughs> um, and I think this this goes to show, especially at the end of this episode where she like runs into Serena's arms, is like, okay, this is exactly yes. what this is perfect. She she's been needing NYU for this. <laughs> to experiment with her lesbianism, yes. of course, yeah. Uh, wasn't Blair just begging to get into Sarah Lawrence a couple of weeks ago? Now she's back to only wanting to go to an Ivy? Yeah, her, her standards rise and fall very quickly. <laughs> yeah, depending on which mood she's in. Yeah. Well, not even just an Ivy. Like, they, they act so crestfallen half the time to get, it's like, oh, I just got into Columbia or Brown. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, all right. And as but someone who had a nice girlfriend in high school who had a whole family of people from Yale and also went to Yale herself. Like, Ooh, did you date Rory Gilmore? Ooh. Uh, that wasn't her name that I know of, but it, it could have been an alter identity. <laughs> that I know yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Very secretive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all about the big three. It has to be, what was it, uh, Harvard, Yale, or Princeton are the only three schools yeah. that Blair uh, would be dignified enough to go to. So, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, but we'll see if she can uh, let, you know, Ace this interview with NYU. So Serena is back from Spain. We miss her whole trip because she left for Spain at the end of last episode, and now she's back. Uh, Chuck is here. He says the prodigal daughter returns, asks her how Spain was. And according to Serena's story, she had a pretty boring time in Spain. But uh, Chuck seems, you know, pretty stuck on finding out if there was any nude sunbathing. That seems to be first and foremost on his mind. And also invites his uh, cardio workout partner from last evening to just, like, show, show her off to Serena for some reason. Like, I don't know. What's... I don't know. What is going on in the scene? But Danny, not Danny, I, I, Austin, the, um, my pet peeve of reading what's in my notes really came back to haunt me here because oh, wow. I have Danny. I, I have Danny and Austin as a, as a question for Danny and Austin listed in my notes here. And uh, 
Now that'll show you. As, as, yeah, and now as we have discussed, it is only Austin on the pod. So uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's take that again. Don't worry, I can read from Danny's notes too. It makes the double. <laughs> yes, note thank you. I was gonna say Austin. Well, Danny and Austin. Danny's notes and Austin in person as first-time watchers. How did you feel about the polarizing Chuck Bass? So, a took me a second to get over the fact that he's like poor man's uh, Robert Pattinson. Okay. Like oh. the face. Like the I just I was like, what what's happening here? But like a little bit more just like shiny. Um, shiny. <laughs> just a little shady, he's, yeah. the, he's the shinier Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah. But not in like the good way. Um yeah. it seems like a schemer. Um mm, uh seventeen year old billionaire. Um Danny's yeah. notes called him uh Jordan Schubel. Uh <laughs> <maybe> <laughs> <Schubel>. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, Brendan, sorry, that was not going to land. Um, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it sounds like it works on, on Gagan. So. Yeah. Good job. That was good. That was good. Uh, good job, Gaddy's does. Um, <laughs> I, I I get the sense there's a lot going on with this guy. Um, I it's it's he seems bad. <laughs> this is this is really the worst assessment of all time. But it seems <laughs> he seems interesting. Seems he doesn't talk very normally. There's yeah, just like see, a lot of gravitas to all the sentences. I didn't really know no, what was going on. No one in the world talks like Chuck Bass talks. Uh, Chuck Bass, especially this scene as, season, has been a, a, a huge focal point of the show. Him and Blair have really been uh, taking off as kind of like the main characters of the show. And Chuck kind of started off as a villain and has now morphed into uh, somewhat of an anti-hero. And we'll see in this very episode, he kind of has to, uh, for the first time, they reference kind of the old... Chuck from back in season one, and he kind yeah. of has to answer for, for his uh, misdeeds of the past. As I was going to say, too, is it's amazing that like this is also an interesting one for them to jump into for that reason, that we haven't brought this up since almost maybe even this first episode. Like that This has kind of been brushed under the rug until now. Yes, yes. It is interesting that they brought that back. And so... This being the whole Jenny thing, right? Yes. Yes, yes. That yeah. Chuck, I mean sexually assaulted jenny uh in the first episode of the show he sexually assaults two of the, of the main female cast members oh, no. in the first in the very first episode of the show and uh so it, it is you might be shocked to know that he he's a lot of people's favorite character but it just goes to show how much uh the character kind of develops throughout the series i am genuinely shocked to know that <laughs> yeah. everyone is of course when i the first time i watched i said oh this is who everyone's crazy about that'll never be me and then <laughs> by the end of the season of course uh not the season but by the end of the series of course i had by the end of the episode think, that episode you're like you know what yeah and that is a story with a lot of people a lot of people are like to say myself included the events of the first episode are not canon so we are not gonna hold that against chuck as much as uh we normally would but and we yeah, could it would have so, been easier to say that if it wasn't for this episode because right they i didn't do know bring they were gonna bring it around yeah yeah so yeah, he uh, said he was sorry so like it's he fine. did he did <laughs> so it's all it. good <laughs> yeah. and it's not a big deal we we, we haven't right. we haven't you know evolved yet as a society exactly yeah that's right um so the, the girl Chuck was with last night, she's a synchronized swimmer. She can hold her breath for five minutes. Now, I famously can't swim, but I think I can hold my breath for that long. I am, I'm pretty good at holding my breath underwater. Five minutes is very long, Maddie. I, I know. I don't think I can go. I don't think I can go five minutes. I, I could go for a while, though. Um, I, I'll have to it, time me. I, I did enjoy more exposition with this girl when I was like, oh, what character is this? Is this like Vanessa? <laughs> I've heard that name before or something. And, and no, it's just oh, some random. It's nobody. Yep, yeah. just some random. Yeah, Chuck has been in a little bit of a rut since Blair, but uh, then he remembered he's a 17-year-old billionaire with a tremendous stamina. Uh, that I feel like that should be his Twitter bio. 17-year-old <laughs> billionaire with tremendous stamina. <laughs> at, Ch at Chuck Bass. That's not bad. So, 
Yeah. Chuck also drops the bomb here that he saw Poppy lifting at the bar last week, which is weird because Serena just claimed that they were in Spain together. So clearly Serena is uh, back to her old lying ways. And <laughs> I just love that Chuck calls her out on this and then caps the conversation off by taking a tiny sip from his tiny cup. It was a very funny <laughs> visual. <laughs> he was so thrilled to catch her in all in her web of lies. She, he was yeah, just yes. living in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we'll go to Nate and Blair. They're making out some more. And um, Austin, are you surprised that Nate and Blair, or Blate as we call them, are you surprised that these two are a couple? Do you, do you think they have any spark or chemistry at all? I, so I guess I did enjoy them this episode, and I could be totally off, but I, I thought there was a little bit of chemistry. Um, of course, it was kind of ruined with the whole like quid pro quo scheming behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I, I I feel like maybe the issue is that Nate seems like a character who also was on the OC, so maybe he's just like bouncing between the shows, and that's why the chemistry isn't as good because he's busy. Um, the haircut just I just was like, oh my god, th- this is the exact same thing. Um, that's true. They, they, an implant from the OC. We were also watching, we spent the weekend watching um, old MTV dating shows from like 2006. Ooh, and next? it was just these haircuts over and over and over. Did you watch Next and Parental Control and Rumors? We watched Next. Um, the real winner was one particular episode of Date My Mom. Was Oh, Date My Mom. That's a classic. <laughs> That's yeah. I've never heard of that. That's very funny. Oh, you, did you oh, watch those I, old I'll MTV dating shows? No, I, Next was actually just brought up yesterday and I had never heard of it until yesterday oh my god you really did live under a rock back oh. then brendan jesus christ all i watched i, I mean, didn't watch I, any mtv at all I, I'd watch what did MTV you watch too. in middle school i actually didn't either but I, I learned about it after the fact no yeah oh my goodness i would skip to skip over to mtv2 and watch wild boys were you like, so, a, like a nickelodeon or cartoon network yeah i watched a lot of nickelodeon movie? way late in life too like I, was, I was still kind of into nickelodeon into like early teen years i feel like yeah. live action shows <laughs> and stuff and the thing i was is, still watching a lot of spongebob honestly yeah. The, with old. next every fifty or or so episodes, you'd get like a gay episode, and you'd be like, "Oh, here we go! It's the gay one." But yeah, twelve-year-old yeah, so, so we Brendan watching... would, would be <laughs> saying, "Hey, here we go." <laughs> yeah, we right. were watching all of the gay episodes on YouTube of each of these shows. <laughs> a compilation so of all the gay. A, it was just a uh, pick and choose your own adventure, and um, so it was, it was next. It was Room Raiders. Um... A stereo gay stereotype after gay stereotype. Oh my god! Out of Unbelievable. A gay Raider <laughs> taken. Another one. Um, oh, that was a classic. But I will send you this link after of, of date date my mom. It was twenty minutes, so well worth spent. Wow. And okay. I I've, I've, I don't know if I've laughed harder in the last year. That's amazing. Maybe we'll, we'll spend the, the, the off season yet yeah, <laughs> talking yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Uh, Nate and Blair, they're in the church, and uh, now that Nate is, like, part of his snooty family again, he doesn't really seem to mind how demanding Blair is, which is weird, because by the end of the episode, he'll be complaining that Blair hasn't changed, but right now, he really doesn't seem to mind it at all. Um, Nate's gonna have dinner with Trip tonight, and then uh, Blair's pretty much just like, oh, that better not be my big surprise, and... His big surprise is that he got into Columbia, which is weird that he had to invite Blair to the rehearsal dinner just to tell her this. I, I feel like he could have just, like, called her or something. Like, I Also, where did this come from? Like, Brendan, did we know that Nate even applied to Columbia? No, I, I don't know. He, this is also weird. And then just, that, <laughs> comes that out of nowhere. Alone, yeah, that she is like, he's like, oh, sorry, you know, you're, you're better off, though. And then she's like, so I just... I guess I'll sit down by myself in the pews. Like, what <laughs> yeah, like, why am I here? Like, yeah, because on top of that, Maureen tells her, like, oh, by the way, uh, you're you're too new on the scene to be a part of this. It takes a while for you to for people to think you matter. Yeah. So uh, thanks for coming. But just sit in the pew and watch us rehearse. And he acts like, like it didn't matter. And he just invited her there to tell him about his good news about college, which is something that she's very sensitive <laughs> about at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After Nate, after Blair's gone kicked out of Yale. <laughs> like, wait, guess what? I got into another school. 
Like, Nate the idiot, down. too. The fact that specifically Nate, like, we know that Nate is an idiot. He might not be able to read, and yet he was somehow able to get into an <laughs> Ivy League school. And as he's, like, Yale was famously his safety school, but he's going to say it was it's just because his grandpa made one phone call. Uh, so I figured he had some connections with Columbia as well. But no, Nate says he wanted to see if he could get into Columbia Nate. on his own. All his grandpa had to do was make a phone call to Yale, so he didn't want to tell anyone that he applied to Columbia, which is why I guess we also didn't know about it. And Nate, real like... I'm calling bullshit. Like, if Nate got into Columbia on his own merits, it would be the most surprising thing in the history of the show. Yeah, like, it's like they don't see his name. Right. Like, admissions knows who he is or who his grandpa is. Yeah. And maybe his grandpa's still able to pull some strings. Like, I do not believe that Nate got into Columbia, th- this idiot no. <laughs> that but, can't read. So the most impressive part about the scene is Blair pretending to be happy for him. It's like, good for her for taking this and just being like, yeah. oh, good good for you. Like, this has got to be the hardest thing to hear from this moron. After she just had a nightmare about, like, pretty much her insecurities about not being able to get into an Ivy yeah. League school. And then the dumbest person you know gets into another Ivy League, so. <laughs> Are there a lot of Nate is dumb jokes? Because I feel like that was a subtext that I just didn't pick up on because, it, I don't know, they just didn't seem to explore this episode. Right. In, in this episode, uh, not so much because his big thing is that he got into an Ivy League school. So <laughs> to also make jokes about how dumb he is, like, kind of just wouldn't make sense but yeah like nate is nate is kind of like they don't ever show him smoking but he's supposed to be like kind of like the stoner um kind of like you know and he's clearly just not as bright as everyone not as bright or ambitious as like the rest of the people who are all trying to get into ivy league schools he's always been more laid back kind of just uh wanting to be a, a socal surfer bro if he had his uh if he had his druthers but now it seems all of a sudden he is also getting into ivy league schools so yeah, he is okay. dumb. <laughs> yes. Thank you for giving the uh, the TLDR version of that answer. <laughs> I, I was just confused about so so much of this. Like, one, you you kind of hit this, but like he he really dropped the Columbia line out of nowhere. <laughs> like, oh, I got into Columbia. Like, what? Right. Two, why is the bridesmaid thing so important? Like, I don't know why she wants to be a bridesmaid so much. Right. It's just something to do. Maybe it gives her like some sort of socialite exposure. Right. Well, Is the first bridesmaid of all, like a, another form of committee? In her mind, I mean, probably. First of all, Blair should know that these committees, like these snooty clubs all suck anyway, but she still always wants to get into them. Um, and then also we find out that Maureen had to pick her bridesmaids from a list provided by Nate's grandpa. I, I've never heard of that before. Oh, wow. um, that's how you're you're choosing who's in your wedding, right, right, Austin? I would consult. Um, so one of my grandpas is dead, so he unfortunately can't contribute in this um, in this selection process. Uh, but you know, my other grandpa has really been contributing to my bridesmaids conversation. Yeah, he's giving you a pre-approved <laughs> list of people that you, that you can right. choose. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Blair just has to sit in the church now and watch the rehearsal like a loser all by herself. So maybe, Dan maybe comes- more reason. I actually I actually meant to say that my least favorite was Trip because. He seemed like he did nothing of note besides just, like, throw stuff into the ether for no reason um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and say things to Nate to stir stuff up. Yeah, this what man is, can't choose his own get... wedding party. Yeah, I, what is – sorry, what was that last thing that you just said? I just uh, – him and his wife, bride-to-be, he's the one getting married, right? They yes. can't choose their own wedding party? Yeah, I, I – yeah, apparently not, no. And clearly a terrible choice in best man, as we'll get to. But Well, yeah, but I, <laughs> apparently Grandpa also had the final say over who his best man was. So. Yeah. Um, Anne comes home. Uh, Jenny and some guy named Wes, who we've never seen before, they're working on their science fair project. And uh, I, at this point, I should probably brag that my uh, science fair project oh, was selected God. for the science fair in sixth grade. Uh, it came up organically. <laughs> yep. Sure did. <laughs> I did uh, I did stop means stop. And that... that um, 
I stood outside by uh, my local stop sign and recorded how many cars stopped at the stop sign and how many did not. And uh, for some reason, that was good enough to get me into the science fair. <laughs> how many people did? How many? What was like the percentage of people that didn't stop? I don't know, like Brandon. I, <laughs> I don't remember the data. Well, they don't bring it up. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> um, I don't think Dan likes Wes because the amount of contempt he has when he says hello to Wes. Like, I feel like we're missing the scene where they met and got off on the wrong foot. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just definitely strange. Maybe he's just also trying to read the situation of where Jenny's feelings are for this guy. He's just curious. Right. Yeah, yeah Dan Dan tells Jenny that he hopes the relationship is strictly professional, but uh, and it is, but she's working on it. She actually wants there to be some right. kind of potential romance there, I guess. I, and I think it's time we admit that, that Jenny has some pretty bad taste. She does. But I think it's also time we admit that Jenny's hair has skyrocketed in quality of recently. She has yeah, some of the worst yeah, hair on TV for a little while, and uh, it's been great. And you know who took her place it was uh, Serena. Her, her hair's been dirty for fucking 16 <laughs> episodes in a row. She needs somebody to wash that girl's hair. It's disgusting. But yeah. Well, the problem is Jenny still, I guess, has the self-esteem of someone with bad hair because she's still dating all these losers like yeah. Wes. I, I'm sorry, Austin. I know before the pod started recording, you were talking about how much you loved Wes. <laughs> you know, I, I just... There were a couple scenes of Wes, and he just seemed like he he wasn't he wasn't going to start the drama like the rest of them. Which you know, in the one sense, we want people to start the drama, but on the other hand, like just seemed like a sweet guy. I don't know. I might be missing something. Stay tuned until next episode where Wes comes back and he's actually the biggest villain in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he starts to like dramatically like slam the board game on the table while right round plays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, Rufus is still struggling to come up with Dan's yell money because no one wants to buy art right now in the recession. And uh, I got news for you, Rufus. No one wanted to buy your art even when the economy was booming. Like he has made no sales in this entire show. And that's why he doesn't have any savings to begin with. But Dan is begging Rufus to let him help out with paying for college, and like he just wants to get a job on on Craigslist that, unfortunately for everyone else, does not involve nudity. But Rufus is refusing for some reason. Like I have never heard of this one. P usually, people are forcing their kids to get jobs to help pay for things, and Dan is literally begging to get a job just so he can go to his dream school. But Rufus won't let him. Like this is absurd. I mean, it's a nice gesture to not let Dan do it if Rufus can actually pay for it for himself or Lily, which he can. But that's a whole nother fucking thing that I'm mad at Rufus for. But <laughs> If I'm Dan, like, I don't blame Dan for just doing it anyway, because this is his future we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I get the sentiment of his dad wanting him to focus on school and just do it and be a kid and try and, you know, take care of his own shit and so that he can pay for it as the father. But it seems like he's not going to be able to do it. It's been a while. They've he been talking about this for weeks, and he uh, has not come up with any ways to do it. And his, it seems like his business this is, is worse than ever. <laughs> this is a trope that annoys me in every show that's ever existed, like, the parents having too much pride to accept money. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. It's so tiresome. And like Rufus is dating a billionaire who can easily pay for it. Then suck up your pride and do it. Um, that's always the big thing with and Rufus. She will never suck up his pride. It is so so annoying. Um, so he's gonna leave to go table or lamp shopping. He doesn't know. And uh, and then, I, I, I think that either one of those that table or lamp or the combination of both would be like about how much his tuition would be. Yeah. How much? Exactly. How much his tuition costs? It just but reminds God forbid, me of there. There was a kid on my floor in college who was an art major. And, like, if you're going to be an art major, you're just going to have to accept the fact that you're probably not going to make that much money. And, yeah. like, and, and he, like, they were, like, there was, like, a comic of, like, a g incredible art joke in the Washington Post. And all of us, like, said it to him, and he got so mad. And then we were not <laughs> Like, you know what? You got you, you to gotta own it. Right. You gotta, yeah, you got to laugh at yourself if you're an art major. Yeah. 
I bet, yeah, I bet Rufus was the type to also get mad at this when he was <laughs> probably majoring in art. Um, so luckily, Wes's mom owns a catering company, and Jenny is obviously the one who's going to come up with a win-win for everyone. She She's going to ask Wes to ask his mom to get Dan a job, and as a thank you, Jenny will invite him to dinner. So um, that's what Dan's story is going to be this episode. Does anyone uh, have any experience cater waitering? Uh, can't say I have, no. Any waitering of any kind? No waitering. I don't think I'm cut out for me it. Me neither. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I would be either. Yeah, no for me. Wow. So none of us can relate to Dan on this one. Oh, well. So I mean, I uh, we're going to. He got to wear another one of his vests, or at least he's. Another one of his vests, yeah. yeah. We finally get a payoff for the stupid vest he's been wearing all season. <laughs> it's a classic back... look, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic true. look. So back to the church. Uh, grandfather comes in and sits next to Blair. And it's reached his ears that Nate has been accepted to Columbia, and he wants to know if he's spoken to Blair about his intentions. Uh, he's very proud to have gotten it on his own, they talk about. And. Grandfather gets a little threatening now. He tells Blair that Nate really values her opinion and that perhaps she should show him that Yale is the appropriate choice. And now, now he's starting to sound a little like uh, like Grandpa Gilmore here with the Yale-obsessed Grandpa Gilmore. Oh, yeah. They should have had him come in for this. <laughs> should have. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if Grandpa Vanderbilt and Grandpa Gilmore switch shows, who would fare better? I think Grandpa Gilmore is much more charismatic, so I think he would do it better anywhere he goes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, big, big Grandpa Gilmore fan. Not so much Grandpa Vanderbilt. No. Um, so Blair tells Grandpa that this is a decision that Nate needs to make himself, which I obviously agree with, as I've been a huge proponent lately of actually letting people do what they want and not deciding for them. But uh, Grandfather, not afraid to offer some bribes. And this was going to talk about. He really leans into the villain role. After trying to present himself as a good guy in his previous episodes, uh, he asks Blair if she's heard about the Whitney Committee, and she tells him they have, have not accepted her. But Grandfather thinks that must be a mistake, and he'll clear it up immediately, because uh, for a friend of his grandson, there's nothing he wouldn't do. And I just like how he's so upfront about how manipulative he is. Uh, and at least, you know, he's doing it in the name of nepotism, and he's very out in front about it. Uh, honestly, at this point, too, it's, it's kind of what Blair needs is some nepotism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's She gets Manchurian-candidated pretty easily. She just, like, immediately gets brainwashed and is like, Yale is an amazing school, and Nate would look dashing in bulldog <laughs> blue. <laughs> and then she throws in, and I want to be a bridesmaid, which was yeah, so funny to me. She throws in the me. bridesmaids card, like, when you do a fantasy trade, and, like, you, <laughs> yeah. you throw in, like, some, like, 15th round pick just to make yeah. yourself feel better. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh out loud. Good for, good for Blair for giving the counter offer there. <laughs> I guess it's Blair's um, first opportunity to prove if she's actually changed and if she actually cares about Nate this time. Uh, did you think she was going to do the right thing, Brendan? I had a feeling that because she's been talking about how much she's she's changed, and I knew that her heart was in the right place, and she just needed to do what she needed to do for herself. Um, but when push came to shove, she ultimately did do the right thing. So I, I had a yeah. she's been on this sort of trajectory as of late. Yeah, imagine being Maureen and just and, and having Grandpa come up to you and saying like, uh, "By the way, you're you're adding another bridesmaid." <laughs> I think that well, they got a list, so they understand like, yeah, whatever, whatever you say. Yeah. Does, does Maureen a... know her at all? I don't. Does, think. I'm sorry. What was that? Does Maureen know Blair at all? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know because Nate has been estranged from his family for the whole series up to this point. So I don't know what their relationship was like before the events of the series. So uh, it's, it's hard to say. Okay. I, I just can't imagine the concept of literally not knowing one of your friends. <laughs> I, I really, I think that is kind of the case here, honestly. Yeah. Um, Eleanor wants to know why she gave Dorota the week off. And I, I for one, am happy that Dorota is getting some time off. I was worried that she never did. I am disappointed that Austin did not get to meet Dorota in this episode. So you, you got to take the good with the bad. He doesn't have to sit through Vanessa, but he also doesn't get to meet one of the uh, more popular characters in Dorota. 
Yeah, I was pretty upset that she wasn't around. Um, I was like concerned that they gave her the week off because I don't think she is the kind of person that even likes time off, honestly. Well, she's probably on a date with Vanya or something. Oh, Eleanor mentioned okay. that Dorota and Vanya have fallen in love. That's that was nice. quick. Very nice. Must have been that uh, that Ann Coulter book that he was reading. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good service Brendan, worker you, romance. Yeah, are you shipping this couple, Brendan? Oh, big time. What about you, Austin? Dorota and and Vanya, was it? Yeah, who you have not met either one of them. Are you shipping that? <laughs> I ship. I can't. Okay, I, good, I can't. Good call. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, great things about so, uh, Dor. Daranya? Daranya is what I was going to go with. (laughs) So uh, Cyrus gets a phone call. Serena's on the other line. This is Serena Vanderwoodson. I think I need a lawyer. Brendan, did you think she killed someone again? (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling she might (laughs) have. So we don't find out what happened with Serena just yet, but I will give her credit. She actually did the right thing. Like anytime you are in any trouble at all, the literal first thing you should do is call Cyrus. He is the Sandy Cohen of this show. Oh, yes. I understand that now. Yes, you do, as someone who has seen four episodes of the OC. Yes. Maybe a little bit funnier than Sandy, um, but comes through it in, in any way possible. Even if you don't need lawyer help, you just need life help. Cyrus is there for you. Absolutely. So Rufus and Lily are back from... Um, Lily, oh, that, you know, you, you never know when things might turn around because... Uh, Lily mentioned that all shopping turns into shoe shopping, which I don't know if that's true, but Sad Sack Rufus replied to that was saying, I wish that happened with art. And so <laughs> Lily's like, oh. <laughs> so I, I like where Lily's head is at here. She's going to try to help him without him realizing or just like without explicitly paying for and tuition, she's going to try to help Rufus out so that he can do it himself. So she, she's a real hero, but even that Rufus is not going to take to at first for some reason. Um, but more on that later. Serena comes in. She says, hey, mom, nice shoes. And never has anyone ever looked so pissed to receive a compliment from their daughter. Like, Lily <laughs> hates Serena all episode. And this is when she gives uh, Austin the little recap where she says, first you trash the apartment, then you run away to Spain. Uh, and just kind of fills us in on what Serena's been up to. And Serena confides in her mom that she's been feeling pretty lost. And Lily stays very consistent in that she is a wonderful parent to everyone in the world besides her own actual daughter. She's basically just like, I don't give a shit how lost you're feeling. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But Serena's also been very annoying lately. So I was on Lily's side a little bit just because, uh, you know, I have a thing for her. Plus, Serena's just her. I just can't look at her hair. So anything (laughs) with that fucking wig on her head, I just can't take when she's speaking. So, um I'm, I'm, just, like I'm just Serena, so against her lately. It looked like Serena was trying to, like, kind of atone and be like, listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm just feeling so lost right now. Like, I need help. I need my mom. And Lily was just like, shut up, Serena. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. There was a real lack of empathy. Love. And this is why on the Lost Culture this week, they talked about um, people raising, like, having, like, six people raise your children. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. like, hard. you're too biased in your own case. And this is why they talked about that, because of this episode yeah. of Gossip Girl. It's true. <laughs> Correlation causation. Yeah. Um, I, I think also um, uh, uh, Lily, was it? Lily? Yes, yeah. Lily. Lily says the old Serena is back and I'm not happy to see her. Yes. And in my head, I Oof. thought um, every tennis player after Serena Williams returned for pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was going to say nice. that uh, L- Lily was speaking for the entire fandom when she said that. When she said that the <laughs> old Serena is back and I'm not very too. happy to see her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she has points. I just think that she does. And she has to be, she has to be mad at you. her when she comes back after what she did, too. Just like totally ditched the whole 
family after she made a mess of everything. Yeah, but it's not like she like lectures her, but then says, "Oh, but I'm here for you." She only does like the shitty part. Right. Well, it's the initial reaction, and she gives her the the nice feelings after she's had that initial like, "Hey, I'm fucking pissed at you." Listen, we know that you're a a, a Lily shill th- through and through. You're Always. never going to go against Lily, really? so um, never going to waver. You're a shilly. You're a Lily shilly. Um, so. <laughs> She tries to ground Serena again, but uh, Serena immediately calls Blair, tells her she just landed. And Blair, very adorably super excited to hear from Serena. Yes. Serena confirms with Blair that she won't be at her apartment all day, so Serena can, uh, I guess, visit with Cyrus. And Blair is now bragging to Serena that she's one of the chosen ones. She was wandering the Bassian Desert, and now she's reached the Vanderbilt Promised Land. Uh, Bassian Desert is wordplay that only Austin, I think, would enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. Because it's not anything. (laughs) No, it's nothing. Yeah. I, I don't think, think so. he really gets it either. Chuck, right? What? It's referring to the Bass family? Yeah. There yes. You go. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I didn't really pick up on that one. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Serena doesn't really have time for Blair's bullshit, though. She like immediately hangs up on Blair once she confirms that she won't be in the apartment. And I guess Blair does not wonder why Serena called just to hang up two seconds later. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really pick up on that either. She's flying high right now. She doesn't. She doesn't good. really care. <laughs> so, Dan is rambling to his cater waiter coworker, the very iconic Corinne. I love these just one-off characters who whose main job is just kind of to be like in a bad mood around Dan. And <laughs> she, she's very unamused. She needs to know if Dan's going to be doing this nervous talking thing all night. I love her immediately. I wish we had more of her. She would have been, I think, my easy MVP if we got more of her. But we yeah. really only get a couple scenes with her. And. Dan's telling his whole life story about his dad, doesn't know he's taking this job, yada, yada, yada. So she'll take that as a yes and walks away. And Dan is now just realizing that he is catering for the Waldorf Seder. And Eleanor, who he has met several times, greets him with, you look familiar, have you worked for me before? Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I was like, have, has she, she has to know who this is. <laughs> Eleanor was on a She's roll this episode. around that often, so I, I guess it was feasible that she didn't remember him, but I, I, there's definitely been a handful of episodes where they've interacted quite a bit. Yeah. Such a slap in the face where she's so like, you funny. look familiar. <laughs> I was going to say about, I forgot the, the, the other waiter's name, but uh, Corinne. Pe- yes, Corinne, people like her are so good for, for Dan just to play off of play him. Off it of it, him, it yeah. just, just makes him so much funnier. Absolutely. So Dan is now trying to get out of this, but Eleanor is refusing. She needs two servers and Dorota has her first weekend off in 25 years. So Dan's just going <laughs> to have to suck it up. And Eleanor has never thrown a satyr before and needs Dan to stay because Cyrus's mother hates her. And I'm surprised that Cyrus's mother is still alive and let alone <laughs> that she, she is still coherent enough to be hating Eleanor. <laughs> but it is funny to see the mighty Eleanor have someone look down on her. It is funny. That woman was like the age at which Cyrus could be dating her also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, she didn't look too much older than Cyrus. No. <laughs> I mean, you can't... Go ahead, Sorry, go on. No, no, you go. No, I, have a, I have a transition segment, so you go ahead. I was just going to say, it's probably hard to find, like, a 100-year-old actor who would need to play Cyrus's mom, so... <laughs> That's true. Glad I got that in. <laughs> you said you had a segment for us? Well, no, I mean, it just this felt like the start of a segment that we were tracking on, which was incorrect Seder things. So oh, yes. They, they, they were doing a lot of things right. Like, you know, in the food spread, you had the, like, this is the, these are the things I noticed during the dramatic lawyer and, like, parenting conversation. But they had a great set of macaroons, which are famously different from macarons or macarons. Yes, yes. I, yes we... I do know that they are different, although I don't know what either of them are. So macaroons are, like, the dessert for like kosher for passover because you can't have bread so they're like little pastry cookie-ish type of things but they're made with like coconut or something they're actually pretty good um, yes those i've had they're good yeah yeah they're, they're good things 
Um, so that was right. However, I don't know if it was when Blair was on the phone, um, but uh, or if, if she stopped by or something. I, I can't totally remember. But she she says, um, I thought firstborns were supposed to be spared. And that's literally what is not supposed to happen to non-Jews. Like the Jewish firstborns <laughs> were spared and everyone else was killed in Passover. So I was like, oh, no, Blair. Oh, no, you don't know how to do that. <laughs> That's funny. So that was just one track. We're just going to track this as we go. I mean, maybe that was this part of the joke because she's ignorant right. to the culture, but uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have known. This that. is why we have Seder expert Austin here to fill. You seem to always be this. booking the perfect guests um, for uh, for certain episodes. So good on you. Yeah, ex- yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I believe that Austin did specifically pick this one because it had the word Seder in it. Um, that was part so. of it. So yeah, maybe the guests are just picking episodes that speak to them. Even yeah, if he had, so. didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't. Uh, know. How? How accurate is this? Dan Dan says he can't serve knishes to Blair, and Eleanor tells him that A, Blair won't be here, and B, you don't serve knishes at Passover. Is that also true? That part is accurate. It was funny when the idea that they would serve knishes was a joke. It, it was like a weird, out-of-place joke because nobody would talk about knishes at Passover, but no, correct, you would not serve a knish at Passover. Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure knish has bread. Yeah, yeah, it's like a breaded kind of fried potato, potato type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... Eleanor sweetens the deal by saying she'll double the pay for both of them. Corinne immediately, like, very rudely says to Dan, like, I could really use the money. Like, she's about to kill him if he says no. And um, I, I just love it. She comes out hot and she just stays there <laughs> every scene she's in. So Dan obviously agrees and uh, ended up making a great deal. Like, he doubled both yeah. of their pay. He's trying to back out on everything. He just got a lot more money. Exactly. So Blair is on the phone. Uh, clearly, she does not mind nepotism as it is not getting her down at all that the only reason she's in her latest uh, comedy club with Whitney is that William pulled some strings. She is all smiles and she starts an innocent conversation with Nate. Uh, she's been thinking about this whole college thing, but Nate's mood has completely shifted and we see it right off the bat. Uh, he very firmly replies that he's going to Columbia. Even when Blair just mentions Yale, he cuts her off and says that Yale only wants him because of his grandfather and he doesn't want to owe him or anyone else in the family anything. And he says that after tonight, they are done with them. So we don't know what happened, but no. Nate hates his family. He's so mad now. And Nate is I, just so cool and down to earth for going to Columbia instead of Yale. I just, it's just so impressive. <laughs> yeah. Very relatable how he wants, how he wants to go Ooh, to Columbia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the peasants that watch the show, the Columbia peasants have someone to relate to now. <laughs> yeah, but you, so, you know, something must have happened in this conversation with Trip, and you're just wondering, like, what the hell did he say to make Nate this angry? He was, he was so on the fence earlier, and... <laughs> And why did he say so it? Mad. Like, why is he being messy and starting the drama like the day of his wedding? He's bored. Rich, bored guy. <laughs> I guess so. He's trying to sabotage his own wedding. On this so. day of my grandson's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so Cyrus's mother is here. Cyrus is uh, he's busy, busy getting out of his meeting with Serena. We still don't know what's going on with Serena, but uh, Cyrus says he's going to look into the legalities, but she should really tell her mother. But Serena says she can't because they're not in a good place right now. And that's when she reveals that she got married in Spain. Um, first of all, least surprising thing in the world, as Serena is 100% the person who would fall in love with a random guy over the weekend <laughs> yeah. and then impulsively and drunkenly marry him. Secondly, I guess, even though I was not surprised, were were you surprised by this twist, Brendan? Uh, not as much as the murder that we've had. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, this sounds like something that we would have heard about that happened before the show started. Wait, I need to hear more about this murder. And also, <laughs> did they not show the wedding and quote-unquote wedding in spain we did not see any of the events in spain so we have been in the dark about what happened last week until serena reveals that she got married last week in spain so so this was specifically a like 20 minute twist yes yes spectacular (laughs) people people late in season two who are watching need to be held through that third commercial break we we cannot have them changing channels during the commercial we need them sticking around um so 
we we joke about Serena killing someone because my favorite ending to any episode thus far was a big cliffhanger we got where Serena was crying. Blair asked her what wrong, what's wrong, and Serena just uh, stone faced looks at her and says, "I killed someone." And we get an abrupt music change, and that's how we end the episode. <laughs> and it's just such an iconic Out ending to an episode of television. Was it, was it the right round? Um, it was. It was not the right round, but it was such a dramatic music change that it really, really got me. It was like a guitar started playing, and then we find it's out giving, quickly, it's giving Jeff Probst saying, uh, "And they'll be taken out and executed." And executed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we find out in the next episode that uh, Serena was kind of unfairly blaming herself for the death of of uh, someone who kind of overdosed on cocaine that was just like in the presence of Serena. She did not do anything to directly kill him or indirectly kill him really. So right. that, uh, a little bit of a letdown that she didn't actually kill someone, but yeah. so uh, their chat gets broken up as Eleanor calls for Cyrus. And it turns out that uh, Dan was hiding behind the five foot two Cyrus the whole time and has heard everything. <laughs> Classic. So Serena now tells Dan the story. Poppy and Gabe got into a huge fight and Poppy left. So Serena chose to stay with Gabriel and keep him company instead of going home with her friend, which seems like a weird choice to begin with. But And then yada, 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 she ends up marrying him. Like, I think I would be just as judgy as Dan is on this one. Dan is historically judgy right. and maybe unfairly so, but I, I would be judging Serena well, a lot. You have to ask, like, well, how the fuck did this happen? Like, what do you, what do you like, mean? What do you mean you married him? What do you mean you don't know if you're married? Like, and she says, the thing between us just happened and we couldn't stop it. So yeah, the old Serena's back. Lily was right. Well, and, and uh, she commented that Rioja will fuck you up, which is, which is accurate in Spain because you can get like a glass of wine for one euro. But what a terrible justification for literally getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said there was yeah. a dinner. I was too drunk. Right. She doesn't know. She, she doesn't know. It, yeah. yeah, she doesn't know if she's married because there was a dinner, a lot of Rioja, then dancing, then more Rioja. Am I pronouncing that Rioja? Rioja. 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 Yeah. Then they took off their clothes and went swimming in the ocean, which is pretty close to the nude sunbathing that uh, that Chuck was mentioning. Oh yeah. Gabriel professed his love to priest, and Serena's love for speaking other languages has finally caught up to her because she spoke in Spanish the whole time, so she doesn't know if they got married. Because remember, Serena only speaks a million languages. She does not understand them. <laughs> she can't listen back and know what you're talking about. She could just say it yeah. at you. She's a bunch of sound so, bites. Serena, story, this one is going to have to go to the Supreme Court. It just has to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she's smiling the whole time while telling the story, and Dan is calling her out on yeah. that. He's getting madder and madder that Serena just loves this crazy life that she's reading or leading. And Dan is jealous because, as he says, they were together for a year and didn't even make it to junior prom, but Serena and Gabriel were together for a weekend and got married. Um, but to be fair, Dan never took her to Spain, so. That is true. And I don't know if he's okay. so much like jealous, jealous, as he is just like, uh, I, I, guess, I guess I suck, yeah. Yeah, he's... It's, this is insane even for Serena. So uh, Dan tells her he has to get back to work, which is funny because Serena has not even asked him what he's doing here or why he's in a cater waiter uniform. And this is why th this is when the big vest runner finally pays off because clearly Dan was wearing that ugly vest all season so that Serena wouldn't even bat an eye at him wearing another ugly vest in this scene. <laughs> Very true. Um, I think this is also where we get my joke of the episode too. Oh, was it when Dan says, "You're the wife of the Linda Gentry, and I'm a cater waiter at a and I'm a cater waiter at a cater." <laughs> There's too many good rhymes in a row to not just. I think it's very, it. yeah. I think it's very clear that the writers came up with this line and worked backwards <laughs> with, with the plot in general. Yeah, they said <laughs> we need to have Dan say cater waiter at a seder, and then we'll just figure out the rest from there. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. You don't get this good of a line organically. This is this is something that was planned. Can you imagine that was some sort of that was that was like the only improv line of the entire series. <laughs> imagine that. If so, that was gold by yes. by Penn Badgley there. 
Um, I, I know you love terrible puns, Austin. How do you feel about rhymes? Oh, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of rhymes. Rhymes, alliteration, rhyming alliterations. I, I think True. you, uh, they they always spice up sentences. Yeah, and yeah I love alliteration. Of, you see a lot of sentences. Yeah. You got to spice it up. I love rhymes. Much much better than whatever your brand of comedy is. This is very good. <laughs> rhyme time? The rhyme time segment of the podcast? There we go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There we go. <laughs> uh, so Blair and Nate are at the wedding. Uh, Blair wants Nate to tell him what's going on. And Blair warns Nate not to say anything about Columbia. But that should be easy since Nate is not going to speak to his grandfather at all. And the way Nate just kind of coldly ignores his granddad. Granddad. Why am I saying oh, granddad? I guess. Very formal. <laughs> The way, that, yeah, the way that Nate just coldly ignores his grandpapa was very badass. Like, he just kind of yeah. walks by him. And so that's going to cause William to ask Blair if there's any problems. And it, it seems like he is going to kill Blair if he doesn't get what he wants. I think he's ready to. And he wouldn't. I, yeah. I mean, if he has so much I, I, money, he could, he could probably kill her and no one would find out. I think if, yeah, I think if uh, Grandfather ended an episode by telling Blair, I killed someone, like, he actually would have <laughs> mentioned that. Then I'd be actually scared. Serena's version of killing someone. Yeah. So... Rufus and Lily arrive to the Seder, and it is weird that they are both coming to this since uh, neither of them are Jewish. I, I, but as we said, like none of them are really Jewish. Also weird that Dan didn't know his dad was coming, but I guess it's necessary for the hijinks of this episode. It's it's classic Gossip Girl. Uh, it's, it's funny that this like dinner is the event of the week. <laughs> um, yes. And thanks to Jenny for setting it all up. Absolutely. And it's also funny that... Uh, I thought that Eleanor was not going to put the pieces together that Rufus is Dan's dad, but uh, then she does because she she's like, "Oh, did you know? I uh, you'll find out. You'll find out what's right. what's going on here." So, um, and then Rufus notices big a big shot art collector, and Lily tells him that he's an old friend of Cyrus. Which honestly, who isn't Cyrus's friend? He's got he's got connections all over the place. Mm -hmm. And since the mid range art market was dead, Lily made sure that there would be some high end collectors here tonight. And I think this is very sweet of Lily. She tried to give Rufus the money, it's and the when best. he refused, I thought she I thought she was just gonna like try to anonymously anonymously buy one of his pieces, which probably would have ended up too. insulting him. But this is another great idea from her. She just gets some big shots here so Rufus can get his foot in the door. But of course, Rufus will not <laughs> fawn over and ask like Alan Levy just to make a sale. So I have to ask, does Rufus want his son to go to Yale? Is Rufus willing to do literally anything to ensure that his son can go to his dream school? This is legitimately insane. Lily is trying everything, and Rufus is flat out refusing to do to lift any finger to try to get his son into Yale. Right, and she's like dancing around his pride so like so nimbly too, and and she's still missing the mark somehow with this Even fucking this? idiot. Even this, and he's flat out refusing. Rufus more like refuse fist. Is that anything? <laughs> Refuse fist. No, no. Man, uh, that's good. Sorry. That's good. Austin's on, the Austin's on the podcast. I really have to stoop down to his <laughs> no, no, And I think I think we should go back to your point earlier. We should go back to Rhymes because my um, my family has a cat and they call him Rufus Doofus. So this is a Rufus Doofus <laughs> that's good, yeah. That is a huge – like what is I, – I have to ask, like what is wrong with Rufus? I don't know, but I just want to point out, talking about Rhymes, I call my cat Puma Wuma. <laughs> is that like the is that like the Doja Cat song? Is that what you call it? Doja Cat? No, Maybe I don't. I don't know much Doja Cat music, but I do know that my sixty uh, nine year old boss will walk around the the brewery saying, "I'm Doja Cat, meow," and it always cracks me up when he does that. <laughs> it's always a good time. No, Doja Cat has that song called "Woman," but she says, "Let me be your Uma." You've definitely oh, heard it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll start singing ah, that to my cat. Brendan, you get a writing credit on that song. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how does Rufus think the world works? How is he expecting to get any money ever? Well, he he still he doesn't have to worry about himself because he's dating a billionaire. He's just not going to let his son reap any of the benefits. So, oh God, 
I, I'm as I always am. Rufus sees Dan and Rufus sees Dan and Serena's gonna save the day by saying he's here because she invited him. And again, Rufus doesn't question the cater waiter vest because Dan is always wearing terrible vests. So let the shenanigans begin with this one. I don't even know if this is like her saving him because I, it would just be much, it would have been much easier if Dan just was just like, Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm working this. <laughs> right off the bat, I guess. Into yeah. more shit. And I love that Eleanor completely blows up their spot when uh, Lily tells her that Blair invited <laughs> Serena, and she goes, "Strange, Blair made it absolutely clear she wasn't going to be here, but please stay." <laughs> and she like orders Dan around, and then Dan's yeah. he's like, yeah. "That was a little rude, no?" And then Dan's just like, like oh, yeah. "You know, I'd go, I'm gonna go with it." He's like, "Yeah, good move." Uh, I, yeah, he goes, "At a boy," which is like, "Yeah, that's my boy taking <laughs> my orders, beta. not standing up for himself. That's the Humphrey way, baby." <laughs> all that uh, that whole scene was probably my favorite of of the bunch. Yeah, I love a funny misunderstanding like this. It's yes. always going to be good for some. Um, Jenny's on her date with Wes. Uh, she's having it at the Vanderwoodson residence, and Jenny's new brand is apparently board games. As she she had eight of them last week, and now she's got the Monopoly out again. And I hate to say it, but one on one Monopoly is really not that fun. It's completely luck dependent. There's usually no reason to make any trades. So no, I will. I agree with you. And one on one Monopoly is almost a part where. So when we've, we've, we used to play, we've, we've talked about in the podcast before, when we used to play uh, every Sunday at Taco Bell. Of course, Taco with, Bell like, Monopoly Sundays. I think six is a good place to start. And once you've gotten to the, the, the championship matchup where there's just two people, it really is just a lot of back and forth and just waiting for the other person to fall. Because you probably each have about yeah. the same amount of properties and monopolies. It becomes just like a waiting game for who's going to get more unlucky. Uh, and usually everyone that has been there has been there for way too long and just wants to leave. And they all yes. leave the two of you alone. And, very right. Funny. And no one's really invested anymore because they're all out. It, it, right. I mean, a lot of times it'll come, and just to go into the Monopoly theory part of the podcast, <laughs> a lot of times you'll get down to the final three, and a lot of times it's uh, one person's kind of out in front, and then one person's in second, and it's like the only way they have a chance of winning is if they take out the person in third and right. collect all of their properties. But more times than not, the person in first is just going to keep steamrolling, and then when you get down to two, it's like, okay, one person's obviously going to win, one person's obviously going to lose. Let's just call it based on what's happening in the game right now and who's going to win. And it takes a really stubborn person to only have like one monopoly to the other person's like, no, seven and be like, no, I no, no, I could win this. We're going to we're gonna keep going until the bitter end. Yeah, yeah. So to yeah, start I, one I on always, one is terrible. Yeah, monopolies always needed to ref, to refresh its end game. Like we just need something, even even like the computer game version where you could simulate most of it, it was just, it, it just got old. And monopoly, it's, well, all I was going to say is, I know you said Taco Bell, but I feel like they were doing an advertisement for, you know, when McDonald's did the like Monopoly yes. billion dollar thing, yeah. the spread of the burgers, which were definitely not kosher or Passover, but <laughs> the setup on that table was like so pristine yeah, as if beautiful. they were like, shooting a commercial in the middle of it. I didn't notice that, but that, that's, a, that's a good call. I did, were, um, do you think they were McDonald's burgers? Because I, I didn't pick up on that. They, they didn't look exactly like McDonald's burgers, but then again, McDonald's burgers and commercials don't look like actual McDonald's That's burgers. That's true, too. That's true. Um, but it just, it was some, it just Monopoly plus burgers felt you're, to me you're probably very right. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your piece of choice in Monopoly? Uh, me? Either one of you, I mean. Um, you, you mean like the, um, like the, the game piece? Yeah, oh, the God. starter piece. Oh, it's been wait. What are the options? I don't even remember. Well, I was always the dog, even though I famously hate dogs. <laughs> wow, that is stunning. Bow yeah. wow. Uh, really... Was it? Was there an iron or something? <laughs> yeah, there's an iron. I think I like the iron. What about you, bro? Iron's good. Um, it depended on how, how spicy I was feeling that day. I think if I was feeling really frisky, I would be uh, the ship. Otherwise, okay. uh, I was big on the thimble, but that was that was like a kind of an early pick for a lot of people. 
Yeah. The ship yeah. was amazing on the computer game version because it would just kind of <laughs> ride up and down the wave of the board. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. That was cool, yeah. So Wes tells Jenny with zero charisma or personality that she is not the same girl he used to see sitting on the steps of the Met. So Jenny is, you know, Blair's going to be wrestling with is she changing, is she not? I think we're pr pretty firmly saying that Jenny has changed for the better. She is not uh, one of those assholes throwing yogurt at people on the steps. So <laughs> as he's saying this, Chuck and some girls slam against the wall making out. And also good for them for being so shameless. They don't care. They don't care who's watching. They're just going to make out with each other in front of two people playing Monopoly. I was going to say, when we got to this point in the episode... I was thinking, like, Chuck seems a little extra, like, gross, more so than usual lately. And I guess it's this yeah, just like, his trajectory he's on where he's just lonely and wants to, like, fill the void with this kind of nonsense. Yeah, and he says, uh, if you hear screams, don't be alarmed, which is kind of a creepy thing to say. Yeah, like, that's, like, like, sometimes Chuck lines are creepy and funny and somehow charming in a way because, you know, he's, like, halfway kidding. But this one is, like, very direct and, like, perverted to say to some younger girl <laughs> in the same room as you. Yeah, not not a fan of Didn't this like one. Um, so back to the Seder. The big art guy tells Rufus that Williamsburg is over. He needs to move to the city. Rufus isn't having it, though. He fucking hates this guy. And <laughs> uh, Serena is doing what she always does and is apologizing for one of her colossal mistakes and expecting everyone to be okay with it. And But not for nothing. She never apologized for being such a dick to Jenny last week, so I'm still kind of mad at her for that, too. Yeah, I, ho I hope if they do uh, see each other again soon that they, they do bring it yeah. up. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, Blair confronts Trip. She asks him if he said something to Nate. And Trip also seems like he's been brainwashed in the scene. He's, like, talking to Blair in such a strange, subdued tone. Uh, he tells her that it's it's uh, to be good to him, and Blair just stares at him and asks what he told him. But we're about to find out, because Nate clinks his glass, and he's ready to make a toast. Uh, yes. We love a uh, grandfather Nate has. He's been doing it a lot lately. Oh, my God, yeah. He's so good at these speeches. I think he's found his calling. <laughs> he like, does. We'll go over it. Like... So it was actually Puppet Master Grandfather that told him to choose Nate as his best man, and that was that. I mean, most powerful man on the Upper East Side, apparently. Really the, uh, the Boston Rob of the Upper East Side. The Redemption <laughs> Island version, of course. That's a, that's oh, a sure. joke for Austin and not Brendan. <laughs> uh, it, it resonated. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard of Boston Rob amazingly. It, well, I mean, he's probably the most famous Survivor player of all time. Uh, okay, sure. Okay, sure. Uh, so Nate says, but we all know how important family is to William Vanderbilt. But what we don't know are the many secret ways he helps us all out. For instance, today, I discovered he was the one who had my father investigated by the authorities. And if he cares so much about family, then why did he destroy mine? So I guess the lesson here, Trip Old Buddy, is watch your back to family. So I mean, let's break it down. I love it all. <laughs> I love the good. theatrics. I love the drama. I love that Nate takes the toast and makes it about himself and uses the moment <laughs> to call out his grandpa. And once again, he is really good at these speeches. I truly think he's found his calling. It was perfect. He sets it up well. He knows exactly when to reveal the dramatic twist. And he does it with charm and a smile on his face. He's like doing like a, a great Gatsby impression, calling people oh, like yeah. old, buddy, old buddy. And he ends it with the ironic to family. It's a beautiful moment for Nate. It's really great. Um, and I, I don't even think Trip mindset it's now about nate because trip kind of wanted this to happen yeah um, trip's been brainwashed i don't yeah. know what happened to trip i, also, I, trip I want this to happen at his <laughs> yeah. i don't know he's, he's a freak um i also do like that after he toasts to family um everyone does anyway go here here and they all clink their glasses <laughs> that was a nice that was a nice speech by nate <laughs> adam sandler's in the crowd <laughs> nate, you protect her i'll protect you <laughs> <laughs> what what did we think of the reveal? Like we had already been assuming that grandfather was not all he was cracked up to be, and that he had ulterior motives. But uh, now we get the reveal that he was the one that broke up Nate's family. Yeah, this is a better reveal than uh, Serena getting married. 
Sure. sure. <laughs> Speaking of which, Gabriel is back. And uh, Austin, do you recognize who that is playing Gabriel? You know, um, he just seemed like he was coming to the Seder really hungry. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is Disgraced Cannibal Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We, we talked about this but last I, week. I forget. I did think uh, he definitely seems more of, of a Christian type because he's probably more of a uh, blood and flesh of Christ yep. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that real blood? Is just wine? <laughs> <laughs> Army Hammer, always a presence whenever he goes anywhere. Always looking good, too. Always 20 years older than he should be for whatever scene he's in. <laughs> in any movie or TV show. Like, did he just, was he just born at, like, the age of 35? I think so. He's also, like, two feet taller than everyone else. He's, he's very tall. Yeah, he's gargantuan in this. <laughs> he really is. Well, especially because uh, Penn Badgley's only, like, 5'8", and I think Army Hammer's, like, 6'5", so he's oh towering gosh. over Dan. Um and it is Passover time. Cyrus is giving the big Passover speech while uh, Dan's letting Serena know she has to excuse herself. And I, I think Cyrus is definitely the perfect person for this role of uh, of head head satyr. Or I, I don't know what, <laughs> what, the, what the term for this is, <laughs> but he's got the jokes. You know, they they seem to be it. landing for now. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a great job. So, what is well, the actual I, term? I, the leader of the satyr. I don't know. Oh. The, later, the, the later? leader of the satyr. Later, the leader of the satyr. Um, the uh, again rhymes they're everywhere um exactly well adding to our our ongoing segment of uh, strange jewish incorrect things um you, you know starting with cedar at the beginning of this podcast but um <laughs> gossip girl saying uh baruch ata idios mio <laughs> what was that thing there? conglomerate of everything uh and then also um i don't know if you were referring to cyrus speech as the prayer he was doing but um the prayer is a very simple one, like And somehow he went like he just like had like a seizure in the middle of the last word. It's so confusing. Uh, so those were some tough moments for, for the singer. Um uh, the prayer, uh, Danny wrote down actual prayer from Cyrus for candles is not even close to correct. <laughs> oh wow. Good to, good All right. to know. <laughs> So it's so, okay, uh, Cyrus. We, 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 you know, you're trying. A lot yeah, of guys love that. Right. I did like that they said this is a family dinner too, and like as if they weren't married. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Dan leads Serena to Gabriel. Gabriel's pissed that Serena left him like without a note or anything, and Dan tries to get out of there, but Serena's going to make him stay for some reason. As Gabriel says, he just wants to talk. Serena owes him a conversation, so Serena panics and does the obvious move of lying and telling him that Dan is her boyfriend. And I gotta say, Dan doing a great job with all these roles he has to play. He has to play the role of cater waiter while also There's pretending so he's just a normal guest. And now on top of that, pretending that he's dating Serena. Like, <laughs> the poor guy. And I love when Gabriel calls out that she's never even mentioned Dan, and Dan is just quickly like, well, surely I must have come up at least once. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> it's, very, it's very funny and delivered perfectly, but why would she have brought him up? <laughs> like, it <wouldn't> have <laughs> it's very funny. It, and, this poor then, guy is not getting, even though his salary was doubled, I still don't think he's getting paid enough to do all these jobs. Yeah. Eleanor comes out of the woodwork to randomly invite Gabriel to join the Seder, which he, of course, accepts. And Eleanor is really just invite-everyone mode tonight. Yeah, why does she want so many people at this event? Her line seems to be, like, Cyrus's mom hates her so much that any friendly face is going to be, uh, like, a, a, welcome. a person in her favor. You know, she just wants okay. more friendly Um So back Maybe to the... Eleanor uh, is a little bit anti-Semitic because um, this, this goes <laughs> to our next sections of the um, Seder Incorrect Things. One was that um, the song playing this, which I, I'm sure both of you didn't catch, but there was like a sort of Jewish-ish, Jew-ish song playing in the background, mm. um, which is called Hatikva. 
and it's the Israeli national anthem. It has literally nothing to do with Passover. So <laughs> just put on that any was Jewish playing, song. The what? So they, they just like put on any Jewish songs to go. Yeah, along it just was like as, yeah, the only one they knew. Um, and then that of course transitioned into Right Round, which I'm I'm sure we'll get to. But, <laughs> <laughs> which I think was the original strange. mix for that song, though. Yeah. It's very strange that there is so many inconsistencies here because Josh Schwartz, the showrunner of Gossip Girl, is Jewish, so it's like. I would just assume that he would be getting these things right. Well, he, he was including some very real parts of the Seder. So, so when the, the funny part, when that, I, this was a very niche joke, but when, when they're like inviting Gabriel to sit down and then someone is like, Oh, well oh, that's, that was for Elijah. Did, did either of that make sense to any of you? No, I was like, no. who the fuck is Elijah? <laughs> Elijah, he's one of the best characters. Come on. <laughs> um, that would be so great Elijah if you, if you is, came is a... on and said that when I asked who your favorite character was. You <laughs> Elijah. MVP for Elijah. <laughs> I think Elijah had a really good showing this episode. <laughs> um, so, so Elijah is, is a tradition, um, is a prophet in Judaism. And at the Passover table, you're supposed to leave like a place setting and a cup of wine, a cup of wine for Elijah. And then, like, over the course of the Seder, the wine, like, at times would, like, disappear. And, ah. um, you know, it was Elijah drinking it. But it's, like, a real thing that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to leave room for Elijah. Makes sense. Oh, that's really funny. And in hindsight, yeah. that is probably so it was the, a great joke. That is the yeah. joke of the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now that I have the context, like, that, that's a great yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so back at the other big event that's going on, the wedding, Grandfather confronts Blair. He gives her five minutes to fix He's like, you have five minutes. And like now that the big secret's out, he has gone full villain mode. He tells Blair that, you know, before she gets all moral on him and sticks to her principles, remember what's at stake. And then asks if she wants to spend next year sewing buttons at her mother's atelier. Now go. And he like <laughs> orders her to just leave. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> uh, so back at Passover, Cyrus uh, still going, says that they're soon going to begin. And that's when Eleanor's like, wait, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> so um, Lily asked Gabriel if he's the Gabriel that was in Spain, and here we go. Like, I'm always saying it. Josh Schwartz, best at these awkward family holiday episodes, and this is another great example. So Gabriel starts to talk. Serena interrupts uh, by, like, chugging her glass of wine before she's supposed to and saying how good it is. Uh, <laughs> the the big art dealer is trying to ask Rufus if he represents anyone worth his attention, and Rufus is just continuing to shoot himself in the foot and being a dick to him for no real reason. Uh, Gabriel wants to know why Dan is serving the wine, but Serena <laughs> assures him that he's just very helpful. And... Uh, that's when Dan takes Elijah's seat, in hindsight, a great joke. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> well, just, those are the best kind of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Serena's like, you don't mind if Dan comes, right? And Eleanor's pretty much just like, why the fuck not? We're never going to eat anyway. So, <laughs> just an all-around that, great this, scene. This part really did land. It was so good. I love this scene. Um, Serena starts holding Dan's hand, and Lily's exasperation when she sees this and goes, oh no, you two haven't. It's so good. Uh, Rufus is also in, dil in uh, disbelief when Lily whispers to him, all while Cyrus is just trying to do this prayer and just trying to get this Seder going. Everyone is just all on on their own yeah. shit. So all these great like interwoven plots just coming to a head at the same exact time at the same table. All very good. Very, very funny. Uh, just a lot, of, a lot of good laughs this episode. Classic Schwartzian drama. Yeah, this should be right. with you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so uh, Chuck is getting busy. The girl he's with uh, bites him on the shoulder. So, and that causes Chuck <laughs> to have, a bell. I guess, like 
<laughs> I have like deja vu mid-sexual romp as it turns out they've done this before and then Chuck Lee like I don't know why this is like such a deal breaker for Chuck that they've had sex before yeah. uh, that Chuck leaves to pour himself a drink and he sees Jenny and her date playing Monopoly and uh, has a, a good line here what a shock the girl from Brooklyn is a renter and that's when <laughs> Jenny that's when Jenny just says to her date you want to go for a walk and he's like oh okay and he's like alright you want to get started and just leave me here for a second oh yeah sure sure no problem yeah. and uh I, I get uh, why he's such a good character. He's, I, I understand yeah. why Austin likes him so much. He's incredible. He is a dog. Like he goes on walks and he's very yeah. obedient. And uh, not before though, uh, she's gonna tell Chuck what a dick he is. And surprisingly, as we've been saying, brings up the events of the kiss on the lips party, which I'm sure uh, Austin's been been very helpful with uh, the satyr side of things. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine you have no idea what goes on on the kiss of the, on the lips party though. Turned around, so confused at a kiss. I mean, <laughs> I, I I do understand. The um the, what the words mean, but I don't understand the meaning behind them. Like I and I I turned and that that is the moment when I turned to Lita and went, "What is a kiss on the list party?" And she was like, "I still don't know." <laughs> Nobody's really yeah. sure. I guess it's just a party where people kiss each other on the lips. Um, and Jenny says that after what Chuck did, she would never want to live in the same house as him. Obviously, can't blame her for that. But I I'm just so surprised because I thought the writers of Gossip Girl were trying to make everyone forget that this happened because they've leaned so hard into making Chuck like a rootable character. And Jenny uses this as leverage. She says if she ever tells her dad, then he would make Lily choose between them or Chuck. And who do you think she would pick? I think this would be a harder choice for Lily than they think because Lily really does love Chuck more than her own kids. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But like with the information that she'd be presented with, I think she would kind of be like, oh. Uh, I think it would cause a, a fight between Rufus and Lily more than anything. I think Rufus would be like, kick him out. And Lily would be like, well, he has nowhere to go. We can't yeah, that, kick him out. That's actually very true, too. Cause, yeah, Rufus would not stand for his daughter yeah. being in the same room as this guy ever. Right. Yeah, so uh, Jenny's in her element now. She's gotten so good at like manipulating and threatening people. Hell Chuck yeah. asks if she thinks he really cares if Lily kicks him out, and she quickly replies, yeah, I do, because you lost Blair, and now she's dating your best friend, so therefore the only human contact that you have that you don't pay for is the people in this house, but knowing you, you'll screw that up, too. Oof. Oof. This is amazing. This, this is, like, the best. She, she just, just chills when this scene. She's just... Her, like, just like Absolutely. her... She's doing the same thing Nate's been doing lately, too, where every time they have a little monologue, it's just, like, them crushing the scene, um, and everything she says is kind of true. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I think she's right, and she kind of pinpoints his emotions and like everything that's going through his brain. she can read him like a book and Ch chuck literally has no response and then just tells his date to let herself out <laughs> just makes a big drink like, maybe, maybe maybe west and this girl will go on a date oh well that, that would be a <laughs> big twist so back to blair and nate nate is apologizing but blair just wants to know if he's okay and he's not he trusted his grandfather and now he's asking blair for help so grandfather comes over comes clean about what happened with nate's father apparently according to grandpa he tried talking to the captain first but the captain kept denying it to him so to protect nate's mom he did what he had to do and nate's like why wouldn't you just tell me that and that's when his grandpa goes oh is that what you wanted the truth and nate's like Obviously, yes. Yeah. Like, what, what do you? Why? Why are you sarcastically asking me that? Like, it's a, like it's something that someone would not want. Hey, poor Nate is just sick of everyone lying to him all the time. And uh, why? And he's saying this while potentially being played by his girlfriend at this very moment. Which, speaking of, uh, William uses the opportunity to get back in Nate's good graces by throwing Blair completely under the bus here. Yeah, I, I don't really know what he, what he got from this. Like, how this benefited him at all? Um, I guess just like, oh, well, there's someone also fucking you over so be mad at them not me is that his, his thought i process? think he's because he's like okay from now on i won't lie to you and then realizes that this is going to come out so he has to be like 
And if I'm not going to lie to you, there's something you should know. And this is like, it's almost like Nate expected uh, Grandpa to be doing these terrible things. He didn't expect it from Blair. And now he thinks that Grandpa has kind of uh, become a better person now. And so now he's focusing all his anger on Blair. It's yeah. a pretty good move from from Grandpa. Yeah. Since Blair Blair probably would have made the same move against him. So it's, sometimes it's just all about who strikes first. You know, timing is everything right. in these social strategy games. Well, I, still don't, I don't know if... if this necessarily would have came out though because Blair was kind of just going to let that's Nate true. do whatever he wanted anyway. But if she needed to do it, she would have pulled it out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So just in case, like I said, but the Boston Rob of the Upper East Side here, <laughs> Grandpa Vanderbilt. Look, Nate. <laughs> look, I Nate. I got for you. I had to look out for you. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a good impression. I had to look out for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good impression. So <laughs> okay. back to the stater. Cyrus still going strong. Uh, everyone keeps asking Serena if she's really back together with Dan, which is making Gabriel very suspicious. But uh, Serena just like charmingly shushes him and tells him that there's praying about to happen, so they can't talk about it. And Cyrus's mom is pissed that Eleanor's friends keep talking during the Seder. And Gabriel just doesn't believe any of this. And he's right, but like, what is he going to get by proving that he's right? Like, why is he even here? He's really just wasting his time. Yeah, he really is. Um, he's a strange man. He looks strange. He's too tall. He's <laughs> uh, got a very deep voice um i guess he is kind of handsome yeah i mean he calls out he, he calls out dan for being dressed like a waiter but rufus is like i think that's a classic look yeah. <laughs> a very funny running yeah. joke As <laughs> I like, like, what is while rufus does get a chance to like make uh, a joke i just feel i feel bad for that actor who's been given like he's been really shafted with uh just terrible lines and a terrible character for so long now because when, yeah. he, when he has a chance to say something funny here and there it, it lands pretty well usually Absolutely. And speaking of something landing well, Dan finally comes clean about being a cater waiter, and Eleanor just chimes in with, and not a very good one. <laughs> Eleanor is on fire with the quips today. She, right Definitely the she, wine just, is... she doubled his pay, and all he's been doing is hanging out with Serena. <laughs> he's doing nothing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan apologizes for making a scene, and Cyrus, again, graciously accepts the apology, just keeps on moving on with the ceremony. I, Cyrus is so great. Nothing ruffles his feathers. And... Um, but then Rufus interrupts it again, and now he might be getting a little annoyed. So they all have to stop um, him and say, "Sorry, Cyrus." <laughs> There's like yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Ten sorry, Cyrus is in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, and Rufus has like the audacity to be annoyed that Dan is actually trying to do something about paying for college, <laughs> and so Lily wants to have a word with Serena, and Cyrus is just desperately trying to get everyone back on track. Um, I, I guess you were saying, Austin, this is kind of par for the course. Have you ever had a satyr like this chaotic? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I gained the new appreciation for Danny's grandma in this um, because she'll try to, like, stir these, like, discussion points up during satyrs. Like, what do you think? How do you think this relates to the war in Ukraine? And oh, boy. Those will just, like, dissolve, like, devolve into just people just, like, having side conversations and making fun of each other and whatever. And um, it gets out of control, but she'll reel it back in and be like, all right, we need to go to the next part of the satyr. And... Uh. Cyrus, regular Cyrus. Cyrus, I think, was doing a good job, except for the timeline of this. Like, he, this Seder seems like it's going on for three hours, and they haven't even started. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know whether to be on Cyrus's side here or to think that maybe he's just dragging this on too much. There's so much going on. It's hard. I mean, I, I don't know anything about satyrs, but I mean, I, I know something about the characters of this show, and I think any ceremony would be impossible to get through with them. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. probably true. 
So Lily is back to lecturing Serena. She's pissed that she's gone back to her old playbook and is causing a scene at Seder. And I just think Lily is very hard on Serena sometimes. Like, literally no one even cared what was happening at the table except for maybe Cyrus's mom. So I think Lily needs to lighten up a little. I know you're going to be Team Lily, Brendan. Yeah. But I mean, they, because she, they've been through this before. Like, they've, they've, done, they've done this dance a lot, so she's just over it. I know, but Serena says she's been so good for the last two years, but she can't live like that anymore. She needs to be free, and there has to be a balance to between be bad like, the again, old mommy. and the new her. Yeah, I have to be bad again, mommy. <laughs> but how can she find that balance if every time she makes a mistake, Lily looks at her like she's a terrible person? And I think Serena is making some great points here. I, in this conversation, at least, I am Teen Serena. Uh, wh- whose side are you coming down on, Austin, as the, uh, as the final tiebreaker? I, I had to say I felt like Serena was in the right this episode uh, just from a from an emotional standpoint. You know, as as a mom, you need to you, when you see that your daughter is in crisis, you got to just like be on the side of being helpful. Not that's what I'm helpful. saying, especially at the public table at the seder. Like what? Yeah, shut her down. Yeah, Make her look stand. stupid in front of everybody. That's, my, <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> So Lily finally lightens up and tells her that she could never think of her as a bad person and uh, also tells her now that she got into Brown and congrat- congratulates her. What was Lily waiting for with telling Serena that news? Couldn't that be like the first thing you say to someone when they come back? I guess Lily was just so mad at her she didn't want to give her any good news even. Well, I haven't had time for it. It's been all fighting. So I don't know why she had time to really drop it in. Yeah. I mean, when someone comes up, like it's the first, like Serena comes home, she says, hey, mom, nice shoes. She should have said, thank you. You got accepted to Brown. Now you're grounded. <laughs> And you're grounded. <laughs> so, uh, and then she seemingly transitions into telling Serena that, uh, like, she should fuck Gabriel, pretty much. Like, I don't know why Lily's so interested in Gabriel all of a sudden. I guess <laughs> she figures, like, anyone but Dan is, is is for the best. And when they start, like, gossiping about boys, Lily really turns into, like, drunk ant mode here. <laughs> she really is thirsty for some Gabriel yeah. here. And she, I didn't, I didn't realize how much she also hates the idea of her and Dan together. Maybe just because it has ruined the, her, her relationship before. So she's like, please do not do this again. I'm finally yeah, like exactly. somewhat happy with Rufus here. Um, don't be stupid and get back with that idiot. Um, get this tall drink of water. That's right. Get this tall drink of water. And she's going to do that. She's going to run after him after he has left. And she says what more teens should say in these uh, teen shows, and that's she just isn't ready to get married. And Gabriel says, of course they aren't married. He doesn't know if that guy was even a priest that he pulled over. And it just makes it even more like, it just shows how insane it is that Serena would not have a conversation with Gabriel about this. If she didn't know if they were married, and he could have easily said, like, no, we didn't get married. So uh, now that Serena has that load off her shoulders, she's free to try out Gabriel being her boyfriend. And, uh... We'll see that there's something fishy going on at the end of this episode, but uh, did you think they were going to last, Brendan? Or do you, do you think they will last, even, even though with what's going to happen at the end of the episode? Well, when we first see this scene, I'm like, oh, you know, I guess they were going to date for a couple episodes. That'll be fine. And then Blair comes running after her, and I'm like, oh, you know what? They should really date, though. Um, yes, they have so much more chemistry. <laughs> I mean, it's tough because this, this guy's another one that has the personality of a piece of cardboard, and I think that's 100% the fault of Army Hammer's just, like, flat acting. It is crazy to me how someone can be so insane off-screen and yet so boring on-screen. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, but, yeah, well, you brought up the, the end of the episode, too, a little bit. Um, after that, I... I have no clue what's happening anymore. That, that, that was so, so um, just mystifying and vague. I have no idea. But it makes you want to watch the next episode. Of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Blair comes up to break up the party just as they start getting hot and heavy. And I love it. Blair gives no shits that Serena is in the middle of making out with a guy. And she just comes over and gives her a big hug. And I also love that Serena doesn't tell her to like get out of here or anything. Like She also has her priorities, right? And comforts Blair. No questions asked. Yes. This is the love story of the show. True love. 
true love. This is what it looks like. And Gabriel can only roll his eyes and be pissed. Like, is Serena even worth all of this trouble? Apparently, yes. And it's even funnier now that Gabriel isn't even actually here because he's in love with Serena. He just has to go through all of this because he's like somehow trying to con her. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Now another thing's going to get in my way. Right. I, I, I wish I, I guess now I picked up on it that you mentioned that. But like him rolling his eyes, I'm like, he doesn't have a right to roll his eyes. Like he was really interested. He like, came all the way here and found her. Um, and she came running after him. He should be psyched that he's like, okay, sure. Like you got your makeout session interrupted, but it can continue in a minute. Just give these girls a few minutes. Um, or like you'll see her tomorrow or whatever. You're, you just got a new girlfriend. Right. Why do you care? But now that it seems like he has some sort of weird plot going on, I understand why he's like, oh, fuck, God damn. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I don't care. I just got her finally. After that disaster Seder, <laughs> yeah. I finally got her. Now this is fucking happening. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Chuck is just staring out his window during a thunderstorm, and Nate comes in to chat to his buddy, and this is this is weird, because, as I've mentioned, best friends, Nate and Chuck, did not talk about this sit Blair situation at all as it was happening, but now as soon as things are going badly, Nate goes straight to Chuck to talk about it. Yeah, uh, cool. interesting, um... As Nate was stealing his best friend's girlfriend, did not come up in conversation at all, and now they're just randomly talking about it. So, so I know you both have the, the theory of, um, Blair and Serena... Is there is there a Nate and Chuck theory too? No, I Not think if anything, much. I was more on the Nate and Dan train. I think that oh, would be okay. a much yes. cuter couple. Yeah. As when they were first becoming friends, Dan was always like very weirdly complimentary of Nate and how he could uh, do that thing where he kicks a soccer ball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was very impressed by his skills. Always, always I like very smiling. I don't think those two shared a scene this episode, but I, I just yes, the, the I two know. high schoolers drinking, you know, casually sipping bourbon as high schoolers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, not something the, I, I was doing in high school. It just, just, just you know, swilling around the the drinks, um, and then I, I just enjoyed the lines of "I'm not in the mood." Good, neither am I. Yeah, part <laughs> <laughs> of their love story for me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, Nate asks Chuck if it's crazy to think Blair could change, and and Chuck turns it around on him and says it's stupid for him to want her to be anything other than who she is. So it sounds like someone's still in love with Blair here. And he also says that Blair is changing because she could have had him, but she chose Nate instead. Now she just needs someone to believe in her. So good for Chuck, I guess. He could have just told Nate, like, Blair will never change. Stop wasting your time and then go after her himself again. But he speaks from the heart, gives gives his buddy Nate an honest answer, all while they're both getting obliterated with some bourbon. Yeah. And it's funny because Nate is so hyped to hear what Chuck has to say. He's like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm not as good as you. I should go get her back. That's, that's what I heard is Chuck yeah. saying like she she couldn't be with someone that as great as me. She uh, is sticking with the lowly Nate. So go after. Her, I think buddy. I think he meant it as the opposite. I think he was saying Blair changed okay. because the old Blair would go for some kind of asshole like me, but sure, she actually okay, wants to make it work with you. That's nicer. But I like the I like your alternative reading of it. <laughs> okay. So Lily talks to Dan. She knows what Dan was trying to do for Serena and thanks him for being a good friend. Rufus comes over to brag about selling that guy a painting. I uh, don't know how or why that happened, but okay, sure. Rufus Rufus made the sale. Um, I think we should give most of the credit to Lily here who set this whole thing up. Yeah. Maybe that guy is like the kind of person that goes to that restaurant. I think it was like the Jekyll and Hyde restaurant where they yell at you. So he like loved Rufus being like an absolute asshole to him. And he's like, you know, what? I gotta buy this guy's fucking painting. So, this is you know, so maybe hot. maybe Lily like pulled him aside and like that's his shtick. He's like his whole thing is like I'm the asshole art dealer. It's, <laughs> the meaner he is to you, the more he likes you. So, <laughs> so um, 
more importantly, this guy gave Rufus the idea to sell his whole gallery and I guess presumably the cafe that randomly is attached to it. And I like this because A, finally. it will help it will finally help Dan pay for college. And also B, because I'm imagining Rufus is doing this without telling Vanessa, and then Vanessa will just be without <laughs> a job and at home because yeah. she presumably lives there <laughs> and she won't know what hit her. Like she'll just show up to work one day and that like, fucking asshole will be there like who are you? <laughs> Fuck Vanessa. <laughs> there you go, yeah, Austin. Now you're getting into yeah. it. I already feel it. That's really funny. <laughs> so, we, we've been joking about him just like, please sell this place because nobody goes here. Uh, and finally, yeah. it comes out today, well, in this episode, that no one has been buying paintings there. And <laughs> he's been paying Vanessa whatever wage it is, um, probably minimum wage or less, uh, <laughs> and, and, hopefully. And then no one's been getting coffee either. So yeah, he's sell like, well, space. Most, he pays her below minimum wage and says, well, most of your money is going to come from tips anyway. And then no one comes in exactly. to, the, to the cafe. <laughs> whatever space this is, it's in Williamsburg and it's at this point it's going to be like a very up and coming neighborhood uh, pretty soon and it's probably worth so oh, much I thought money. Williamsburg was over. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Williamsburg <laughs> is over. <laughs> and Old Town can't be over. <laughs> As is Rufus that, is that Lonely West Theater just now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unprompted. <laughs> Though Rufus just doesn't love selling art anymore and it sounds like he's ready to just be a nice trophy boyfriend to Lily because uh, I don't know how else he'd make money, neither does he. It's going to take him another 12 years to write another rock song so he's not going to be getting income that yeah. way. So uh, I mean, good I guess for him for next... admitting what he's, what he's worth. Yeah, which is nothing. Yeah. So the next scene starts after this, and I screamed because Blair is cuddled up and straight up just laying on Serena, and it's the most <laughs> adorable thing I've ever seen. This this is not how two platonic friends lay on a bed together. No. This is gay. Discuss. This is especially like the way she was laying on her belly almost felt like um, yeah. they had just gotten like Serena pregnant. And now she's just laying, listening to the heartbeat of their child together. <laughs> so you have a whole uh, narrative crafted for this. <laughs> sure too. Much real, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was adorable. Uh, Blair can't believe she sold out Nate to be the next Jackie O, but Serena always pictured her as the next Hillary. And Blair responds by saying, "Except I'd win," which is even more oh. relevant than it was back in 2008. Oh, wow! I think so someone said Hillary also in the scene. Yeah. So I don't know where. So who said it? I'm sorry. What? I heard someone say Killery in the, the scene also. Oh, yeah. People started chanting lock her up outside the... <laughs> <laughs> Serena for, uh, that's why she needed a lawyer? <laughs> yep. Yeah. They started chanting lock her up. That would make more sense um, if the scene uh, took place in Lindenhurst. If, if I could go back and watch again, I would clock the amount of deep sighs that happened this episode, which I feel like probably is a big Gossip Girl thing in general, but sure. Serena deep sighs at the end of this, and it just felt like it was like 18 different times for the episode. So yeah. I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> track that, but... We, we can start. Yeah, I was not keeping track of that, but it it, it doesn't even phase me anymore because, as you said, there's probably a lot of deep sighs that are happening in these in these episodes. So Blair doesn't know what she's going to do, but Serena tells her she'll figure something out. Uh, who wants to be on the Whitney Jr. committee anyway? And Blair doesn't care about that. She cares about losing Nate, and she says she deserves to be alone as she turns around to face Serena and inches closer and closer to her face. And I'm actually shocked this wasn't their kiss scene because all of the pieces were in place here. That's We're so close. So, so close. <laughs> I Man, I, I think the alternate ending of this has them finally uh, declaring their love for each other because this was yeah. the perfect moment to do so. But instead, she just asks about Gabriel, and Serena says it's a long story. And uh, Eleanor comes in and tells Blair she has someone who wants to speak to her. And that that ends the wow. the big Serena and Blair scene. Man, fans of uh, the Sandy Boys know that uh, I would have had a three-fourths during that scene until it was completely <laughs> ruined by uh, Eleanor coming in. Yeah, you can't spell Gabriel without gay. Uh, yeah, that could true. be something. <laughs> that could be something. That could be good timing, also. <laughs> so 
Chuck calls for Nate, but he is all alone again, except for Jenny, who is now back from her date. They make some small talk. Jenny says her date was great. And then I, we have a pretty important moment for, I guess, Chuck's character development and ultimate uh, potential redemption if they're really going to try to fully redeem him. And he just says, I never apologize for what happened last year. I deeply regret my actions of that night. If you ever do move in here, I'll make sure I'm not around. And Jenny doesn't say anything, so we don't really know if she accepts or not. But uh, Brendan, what did you think of the apology? I, I would ask Austin, but Brendan is the uh, one here who has the full context of what happened. I mean, yes. I guess Austin, you do have, you just did not see it happen, but you have pretty I, much I, the context of what happened. Brendan taking this one. <laughs> yeah, Brendan, what did you think of yeah, the apology? Yeah, um, obviously, all is forgiven. <laughs> I think no we, we could all asked. agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's tough because we like we we have been saying before this episode we kind of uh were writing off the first episode and hoping like it never came up again. Uh, or me, I guess you knew obviously you've seen the show before, but I was hoping that it just never came up and we could actually consider it not canon. Now it's officially canonized that they brought it up this deep into the series, so it's like makes it a little bit tougher to swallow. Um but it's it's definitely something. It's it's better than absolutely nothing because Jenny felt that Chuck yeah. had purposely just been brushing this under the rug and hoping hoping it never got brought up again. Um, but just strong of Jenny to come after him earlier, and it's it's something. And he at least he admits, well, he says like, you know, I, I will try not to be near you ever again if we do live together. So yeah. that, that's a good a good thing to say. I think so. I mean, I guess it's not for us to say whether it was good or not, or like whether. I guess it should be accepted. That's that's up to Jenny, right. and we don't see whether she accepts it or not. But I think the first half kind of seemed like a notes app apology spoken out loud, where he's like, uh-huh. "I regret, I deeply regret my actions of that." Like, right. like that sounded weirdly like formal. But then the second half was, I thought it was a good gesture. Him him saying that if she does move in here, he will uh, leave so that she can feel safe, like in her own home. So, right, uh, that's a good promise. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, and he is like taking accountability. I guess he's he's saying that. He owes her an apology and saying that, and because of that, I will leave if you do want to move in. So that's good. But um, also, this is also strange, be... though, that this has all been happening uh, while a, a lot of these scenes are just the two of them in this place. Yeah, it is weird that the two of them are kind of left alone in this in this <laughs> house right now, especially because Jenny does not live there. Right? No, she's <laughs> like, choosing to spend a lot of time with this this guy um, who has sexually assaulted her, and then he admits he's, he's like, you know, I, I'll stay away from you if you ever move in here. And it's just us two around. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's like, 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 right like great. So now, yeah, so great. Get so away. Let's just continue awkwardly <laughs> being here together right now. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be up to Jenny, I guess, uh, if she wants to choose to accept his apology or not. And we will we will see what happens there. How does that sound, Austin? <laughs> Good. I appreciated that he both expressed um, contrition and expressed an action that he could take. Yes, to make definitely. Right. So, so two good prongs. I don't think you can erase the history on it, but you know what? It's on, it's in Jenny's court now. Yes, exactly. So Blair comes downstairs and speaks to Cyrus. She apologizes for missing the Seder and for being snobby about NYU. And of course, Cyrus is more than understanding. And he says, that's why God invented Yom Kippur. And Blair, <laughs> Blair wants Cyrus to cash, cash in that favor with NYU, get her that interview. And that's when we, we get Nate just say, sounds like we'll both be in the city. And was Nate just awkwardly standing in the background that whole time? Because somehow the second person this episode has effectively hidden behind five foot two Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched I the scene. I rewatched the scene and Nate literally does just appear out of nowhere. Like when she comes down, Nate is not in the background. Then she has a conversation with Cyrus and all of a sudden he is in the background. I did not hear the elevator open. I did not see him walk into the screen. Like he does some kind of magic trick somehow. I have I have no idea. I guess people, he's maybe Cyrus is wider than we think. I don't know. 
Maybe Nate is Elijah. Oh, oh wow. what a conspiracy theory. Now we know what so, that is. Um, yeah. Blair continues her apology tour. She apologizes to Nate and gives him a hug and a kiss. So now all of a sudden it seems like Blair and Nate will both be in the city next year, which makes sense if they want to continue having the show set in New York City. So do you think that is where we are headed, Brendan? I didn't think about that, and that uh, variable could be. I mean, we're already in New York City. Let's keep it here. So in the beginning of the season, they started setting it up so it seemed like everyone was going to go to Yale. Now we have each of the five main characters all going somewhere different. Dan is going to Yale. Serena is going to Brown. Blair is going to NYU. Nate is going to Columbia. And Chuck's right. not really going anywhere. He's running his uh, Bass Industries, I guess. So how is that going to work? Yeah, that's and I kept saying, like, oh, they're all going to go to Yale. They're all, they're all going to be there together at some point. It uh, seemed like they were setting themselves up for that. But now we have more and more people going in different directions. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess we're just going to they're going to keep visiting the city or... <laughs> I have no idea. It's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. Austin, what do you think is going to happen? A uh, big global pandemic forces everyone to take mm. a couple gap years. Ooh, that's good. Yep. And uh, don't even go to school. Makes sense to me. Well, they all work for uh, Chuck. How about that? COVID, COVID-09. <laughs> swine 09. <laughs> you guys have swine flu? I had swine flu. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was awful. Um, but... Uh, I had a quarantine and everything. It, it really prepared me for COVID. Oh, wow. wow. You're such a pro. <laughs> COVID yeah. pro. Yeah. So Serena calls Gabriel and leaves a message. And she called him just to tell him that she doesn't know what's going to happen between them, but she's happy he came back for her. And I was wondering why we were ending this episode on that lame voicemail, but we have time for one more twist as we cut the poppy with Gabriel as she tells him to tell her everything. And so Gossip Girl ends the episode by saying, Shalom, Gossip Girl, for the first time. <laughs> not, not the last time. Hopefully, hopefully not the last time. So not even uh, to, to wrap up our incorrect Jewish things. <laughs> I mean, shalom is acceptable, but it's shalom. Like it, it was right there. Um, uh, so uh, you know, we can forgive that on Yom Kippur. I guess the I guess the episode the uh, the Yom Kippur forgiveness thing made you know sense and led into the Blair and Nate thing. But I I'm still just like so blown away that Blair and Nate's whole relationship started ended and started again in one episode like that that feels like it could have at least been a three episode arc well we already have 25 episodes in this season so i, I wouldn't advocate for making the season even longer and stretching it out that's why they must pack a lot of plot into everything here because i i just like with 25 episodes i would have thought they had to drag it out but apparently not uh, yeah well <laughs> there's definitely a lot happening especially in, in this home stretch here um so i guess brendan do you have any predictions with what's going on, Poppy and Gabriel? You seemed befuddled when it first came up. Yeah, I have earlier. no idea. This is, this is what, like they do this a lot, where they, they give you like a vague ending, but sometimes you can kind of piece it together. This is one right. of the ones that is uh, of the more vague variety that they're just like they just, they just want you to be like, "What the fuck?" So I could find out next week. Exactly. Yeah. So that's our episode. As we are nearing the two-hour mark, let's get into our segments. And I have, of course, my favorite segment: the user review of the week. And boy, we. Are, I think I'm going to have to like skim through this one kind of because I did not pull comedy fans. Instead, I pulled main underscore three one zero. And this is quite the long review, but there, <laughs> there are definitely some highlights here. So uh, she gives the episode a seven out of ten. Girl climbs the stair or date or anything as the old twists are picked up here. Blair and Nate spur the moment love affair. Well, was still there, except Blair was meshing into Nate's aristocratic world where everything was filled of daisies and you're right, Blair becoming a at least that's how it started off. 
Blair seems to be losing touch with her blitchy side lately. We haven't really gotten a Blair outburst lately. It's pitiful watching Blair in her dire state, unable to know what her future beholds. Even though I don't believe someone like Blair would be rejected from anything, she was a top-notch student and worked hard for what she got. The writers are probably giving Blair a salvation plot. Blair needs to fall hard in order to rise to the top. At least I hope that's what they're going with her in her storyline. How about that Nate and Blair? Completely unexpected, huh? Well, now she's holding Nate's hand through his family difficulties and finding a way to survive in that lifestyle. Can you imagine Blair competing for a position at a bridesmaids? It seems like there was bigger fish in the sea and Blair was drowning. I don't know whose main 310 is talking to here, but... <laughs> I know, so just yelling into the void. <laughs> just, what about that Marine? She seems like an old... How many, and they keep saying... <laughs> How many people choose that bridesmaids from a list? Was Maureen a bit low on friends? Dot, dot, dot. From the moment Nate's grandfather approached Blair, Nate, I knew things would be blown out of proportion, especially when she accepted his preposition to influence Nate on Yale and what she was getting at. Then there's a bunch of quotes. And then, uh, just a hunch. Didn't you think it was funny how everything worked out in grandfather's favor? He holds the bribery over Blair's head and throws it in her face at the end. Was Blair booted out of the secretarial position on purpose to appear his grandfather's qualm? And Tri Trip had a secret lunch date with Nate, easily revealing his grandfather's dishonesty, and grandfather regains Nate's trust by using Blair as bait. Do you think his way of gaining control over Nate? Maybe he would rather choose an ideal girlfriend for him. All right, I'm getting bored of this. I need, I need <laughs> this is so long. Um, Oh, I like this. And they say, Eleanor and Cyrus host a ceremony, and Lily invites herself over to promote Rufus's art gallery. These plot lines we could have done without. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Savage. <laughs> what about Dan and his assistant? I really need the money. A lot of rhetorical questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like she's like, writing some like paid <laughs> recap of the episode to be like, find yeah. out next week. <laughs> Chuck and Jenny, dot, dot, dot. At one point, it looked like Jenny and Chuck were going to do something, dot, dot, dot. Thank goodness nothing happened. Chuck finally apologized for what happened in season one between him and Jenny. Dot dot dot. How all of a sudden was that? Dot dot dot. How out of place was Jenny and her new boy in quotation marks a friend? Really, I don't know why. Boy was in quotes. <laughs> then they have fun quote. They have a whole fun quote section. She signs it, Lexa. And then she says, wow. "Not one of my favorite storylines, but I'll rate it a dot dot dot. Three out of five stars. Grade C minus. So again, seven out of ten. Three out of five. And grade C minus." C minus sounds like low for a 3.5 out of 5. No, no, no. 3 out of 5, which three doesn't make five. sense with the 7 out of 10 that she gave it. <laughs> oh, wow. She's 7 out of 10 fits with the C minus, though. It does, yeah. So that is our very long review of the week. I'm sorry, everyone who had to just sit through that. But next week, the episode is titled Southern Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Do you have any predictions based on the title, Brendan? Mm, something about uh, Serena washing her hair finally. <laughs> yeah. that's why she's had such terrible hair the last year since they're making a big point of of how she's going to wash it next week thank god all right so that, that's your only prediction yeah i think it's, that's right all right well the little blurb is just two words one sentence two words it just says georgina returns oh wow so that is very exciting to me and to you and to everyone georgina returns she's a a, a big uh, chaos character so she's prob oh. probably just got done with her uh, hairstyling license, and she's going to wash Serena's hair all episode yes. long. Hopefully. So let's get into some episode grades. And Brendan, just last week, 
Soul go first this week, and I thought that this was a great bounce back episode for the show. Uh, it has all the makings of a great episode. The main storyline of the Seder is a home run. I love a classic, awkward, chaotic family holiday episode, and this definitely delivers. Not as good as the Thanksgiving episodes, but still great. I also really like the Blair and Nate storyline. Blair and grandfather going back and forth with each other, and Nate's great toast at the wedding. Highlights there. Uh, I couldn't care less about Rufus and him selling art, but that didn't take up too much time. And uh, the Jenny storyline wasn't really much of anything, but it did give us uh, the moment at the end with Chuck's apology at least. The problem is Gabriel is there sucking the life out of any scene that he's in and also it just didn't have that straight up A feel to it. It was just missing that little something to put it over the edge but I still really liked it so I am giving it an A-. And we had a great uh, Blair and Serena cuddle sesh so that also uh, bumps it up for me. So I'm going A-. minus. Uh, Brendan do you want to go next? Sure, sure. Um, echo a lot of the thoughts that you had um, plus having Cyrus back is amazing and not having oh, yeah. Vanessa here is a, a big plus uh, otherwise, there was, you're right, there was some, definitely something that was just missing. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was just that this wasn't like, uh, it didn't have end of season vibes quite yet. We're, we're getting towards the end of the season that we don't have that energy here. Um, there's, there's not, not a lot of stakes to put it up to like an A grade yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So but everything in the pot here being that it was pretty good, great characters are back, and a lot of good jokes, a lot of good laughs in general. And Joshua is doing this classic thing of having a chaotic dinner scene. With lots of quips, I'll uh, I'll give it an A minus as well. You convinced me. All right, we're in the hand holding club here with two A minuses. Uh, Austin, is it going to be an a third A minus, or are you going to give it another grade? That's a lot of pressure. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, ruin the harmony here. Oh but no. I, do it. Do what you must. Well, first of all, say that I have literally nothing to compare it to. So, <laughs> I, so this tough. is nice to hear that it was a good episode of it. I'm glad I didn't choose a bad one. Um, I. See, see, if I were going to give it a number scale, I would say 8 out of 10, in that I thought it was, like, fun, action-packed, liked all the characters, liked living in the world. Probably, for me, a little bit of the history and context lost, if, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 8 out of 10 sounds harsh when you say B-, minus, but I feel like when you're ranking out of 10 for an episode, that sounds pretty good. So, I'll, I'll settle somewhere in the middle, and I'll say 8.5 out of 10 solid b you're doing well nice. and it's, it's excited me about what is what else there is out there in the gossip girl universe um, we'll take it you know for, for not having any context or any any knowledge of what a good episode of gossip girl makes a, a b is a fine grade yeah all right so let's get into the mvps uh dan got it last week for me and he almost got it got it again this week for all the roles that he had to play but It's hard for other characters to shine when Cyrus is in an episode, and this one is no different for me. He has the most important job in the Seder, and I thought he was able to deliver. Austin may be telling me that uh, maybe he wasn't as good as I thought he was, but with all the craziness happening around him, it it was impossible to even get done what he did. So he powers through. He doesn't falter. He never gets mad at anyone for interrupting him. And then he forgives Blair at the end of the episode. He gets Blair an interview with NYU, and he also helps out Serena with her mess. So Cyrus is always great, and he gets another MVP from me. Brendan, wow. who was your MVP of the episode? Well, Matthew, Austin. Yes. I spoke earlier about uh, Yankee great Matt Carpenter. He's he's got like a he's got a one dot two <laughs> OPS right now is incredible. Um, and I, I compared him to one Jenny Humphrey, and I think I like to, I like to think if she had a bat in her hand, she would be batting about the same. Um, incredible character. Whenever she does get a chance to swing, she fucking hits homers like it's her job. Uh, she gets a great chance to give a little soliloquy to Chuck, and I, I love her in a scene with anyone, but her in a scene with Chuck being another one of my favorite characters, the two just played off each other really well, like, dramatically. 
Uh, we don't get to see them in the same room very often. And this was a kind of a fun one to do. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of gives us a little bit of solace with this plot line. Um, I love it. Uh, I love her hair also. Yep. A lot of hair talk today, but I think it, it gives her a little bit more points for the MVP candidacy. And uh, I think I'm going to and give people this have been saying her. it for years that Jenny Humphrey is the Matt Carpenter of Gossip Girl. They've been saying it, and I, I'm just I just want to give those people a voice. <laughs> um, so, Jenny, great job, MVP. You're crushing it. That's great. I always love when Jenny gets an MVP. Yeah. So thank you for your service, Austin. Who is getting your MVP? Okay, so I, I, I ran through some candidates here. Um, okay. You know, you mentioned Cyrus. I I, I want to say I think Cyrus did an admirable, admirable job. Likeable. <laughs> uh, I'm pulling apart. Um, it's a long podcast. Yeah. He, he did great. Um, a couple a couple errors, you know, the deductions from the, the Passover judges are going to just have to take some points off. And, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Um, we're, we're, we're like the French judge in the Olympics. So it's it's not his fault. It's just harsh. Um, so, so it can't be Cyrus for me. Um, uh, you know, Dan, I thought did a great job of Seder Cater Waiter, um, both <laughs> the rhyming and, uh, just generally like, oh, yeah. bouncing, being flexible, bouncing between things, helping out with the Seder, but also being willing to step in and be a boyfriend. You know, these are, these are a lot of things. So, so Dan, Absolutely. I was in consideration for, but I think just a little bit too, oh, he, he didn't have quite enough this episode. Um, and, and Nate, you know, crushed some of the speeches, uh, yep, the best yep. fan speech that we'll really get with us. So Nate was in consideration too, but. Unfortunately, there's really only one answer for me. Um, and this person, I don't think we'll have a lot of shots at this, but I feel like they're batting a thousand in my book. They, you know, did everything right um, when asked for. They oh, stepped God, out of the way when they didn't need oh, to be God. there. I see where this is going. <laughs> Man, the, when, I, when I realized where this was going. <laughs> you should have shut it down quick. All right, so Wes will get presumably his only MVP of the series. When we are going over the season review and we say, and, and who's Wes? with one MVP, who the fuck is Wes? <laughs> All right, well, good I for Wes. I didn't know Wes's name until you sent me the IMDb <laughs> I mean, he will probably finish the series on the positive side now because I can't imagine him getting a negative yeah, or an LVP. So we, we will see. So good for you, Wes. Uh, speaking of LVPs, let's get into them. Um, for me, Serena got it last week, and I think, even though I took Lily's side in the argument, that Serena is getting it again this week, because wow. uh, this is where Serena started to crash and burn last season. Uh, she really isn't good at finishing out seasons, I guess. This is always when she starts uh, yeah. lying and, and doing a bunch of messy things, and I, like I said, I don't agree with how harsh Lily was with Serena this episode, but she did say it best. The old Serena is back, and we aren't happy to see her. Like, this really was serena up to her old tricks again like she stays in spain with this random guy for no reason and then somehow ends up marrying him but then also she doesn't know if she's actually married because she refuses to talk to him and then it turns out she probably isn't married to him so she's making this whole big thing out of nothing and it looks like she's about to get conned by gabriel in next week as well so yes. uh, not a good showing for serena here and she's just always gonna lose steam at the end of the seasons it seems like so back-to-back -back lvps for serena Oof. from me and of course her hair was terrible yes, uh, brendan where you. are you going with Thanks your lvp before I do that, I just want to do mention that like, while we're on the topic of Serena, uh, and we said how uh, they mentioned that we are not happy to see old Serena back. And the thing is, like, we haven't seen it. We've only seen aftermath right. of this Serena. Like, it would right. be great, honestly, if we could just see what was happening, but we don't ever get the visuals of like what this yeah, crazy person does. I'd like to see that around. 
around this time last season too. It's when she had that night out with Georgina and completely blacked out, and we didn't get to see the nights of the events. We the events of the of that night. We only saw the aftermath where Serena was like lying to everyone about it and doing her old shit. And then again, she has this whole crazy week in Spain. We see none of it, and then we just see her being a nightmare about yeah. it when she gets back. We want to see the old Serena. Right. It might, it might be less annoying see... if we see the fun part of it. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. Great, great observation, Brendan. Sure. I have a lot of them. Um, I just keep them <laughs> tight inside. Uh, yeah. But my LVP will go to, I'm glad you did that because I, I was worried um, we wouldn't get a chance to tag team these two terrible characters this episode. Rufus gets the other one, obviously. Yep, 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 yep. of course. They, they've been kind yeah. of dragging down uh, the series in a lot of ways. Um, I think they have been, they, they might be in the running for uh, most LVPs this season. Um, he just does his thing. He he can't stop himself from being himself, and it's an awful, an awful thing. Um, <laughs> it's so. an awful thing. Indeed, <laughs> Rufus. Uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, all right, Austin. Are you going to piggyback on one of our LVPs, or do you have a a fresh new one? I have a fresh one. I, I was thinking about Rufus, but I but I'm going to do a fresh one just to stay on brand here. Um, Great. But Rufus, Rufus did really get under my skin, and you two convinced me. Um, you know, I was thinking about about Trip. Just just that's good. Not good on all on all okay. fronts here, um, but but a little bit too. Uh, you know, he did get married, I guess. So good for him. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have Love a love. I have a little bit of a uh, of a of a of a twist ending here. So um, huh. th- this person, I, I, I thought he was going to say I killed anything. someone. I thought he was going to say I killed someone. <laughs> I just sign sign off the podcast. <laughs> That's why Danny couldn't um, get here. <laughs> um, you know, I. I, I a big theme of the episode for 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 me and Danny and watching was were the Passover mistakes, and um, this person didn't have a, a huge role in them, but but a couple of really notable ones and some of the lines and and the things that were said. Uh, so for things like you know Burhata Idios Mio and Shalom wow. and stuff, I'm giving it to Gossip Girl. Wow! Oh, wow! The titular Gossip Girl. We're now. You will. You are making history because Colin Stone is the only person to give Gossip Girl an MVP, and now Austin is the only person to give Gossip Girl an LVP. Wow! Wow! This is incredible. I'm happy to so, join Colin in this. Austin Bell as Gossip Girl now balances out and is at zero overall. This, this feels is... like where Gossip Girl should be. Yeah, it makes sense to me. You're doing good. All work. right. Yeah, I, I like the twist ending. That was a that was a good one. Always nice when we get get uh, the titular gossip girl involved in the <laughs> events here. I'm like so, the avatar. I just wanted to restore balance in the world. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that is all the segments, except of course for the critically acclaimed Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And this week, I had a four-person scene picked out for us to do because I thought we would be four people. But uh, because we are only three now and I am not going to find a new scene mid-pod, uh, someone is just going to have to take on dual roles here. So I believe, Austin, you said you wanted to, to take on dual roles? Yeah, well, it's also only fitting at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So you are going to be our good friends, uh, Wes and Anna, who apparently is the name of the girl that uh, Chuck Bass was having his cardio exercise with. And I guess uh, if we follow the tradition, I would be Jenny and you would be Chuck, Brendan. Sounds good. All right. Does everyone have their uh, scenes, their scripts in front of them? Sure do. Ready to go. All right. I will start it off. Don't you have a guest to attend to? It appears I already did a year ago. I should have noticed in the elevator. How many women can put their legs behind there? Hey, um, you want to go for a walk? Okay, sure. 
boy. I'll see you at the elevator. Right. <laughs> you know, Chuck, now, now that Wes is fucking out of here, just because you're bored with your own life doesn't mean you have to make everyone around you miserable. That Wes guy is actually really interesting. Uh, for your information, <laughs> you don't live here yet. Please, after what you did at the kiss on the lips party last year, a very normal thing for an event to be called, like I would ever live in the same house as you. You know, you're lucky I didn't tell my dad, because if I did, he would make Lily choose, us or you, and I wonder who she'd pick. You really think I care if Lily kicks me out? Yeah, I do, because you lost Blair, and now she's dating your best friend, and therefore, the only human contact that you don't pay for is the people in this house, and knowing you, you'd screw that up too. I. Are you coming back? Growl. <laughs> you let yourself out. <laughs> Perfect low growl. <laughs> that's what the script called for, and that's what I gave, baby. Wow, a great dual role by Austin. Some great <laughs> acting all around. Another very successful Lonely Boys Theater. Great work, everyone. And so that is all we have, except for some plugs. First of all, I just like to say, Austin, it, it took us a very long time to finally get this done, but I'm glad that we could finally find a time in all of our busy schedules to uh, make this work. So thank you for for answering the call and making your first appearance uh, on the Lonely Boys podcast. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug at this hour? Um, well, thank you both for having me. Um, I uh, had a blast and would love to be back. And I'm happy. Hopefully you won't try to write this episode out of the Lonely Boys canon. And that you'll, <laughs> no. you'll reference it at some point, you know, in two seasons from now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, uh, plugs. Um, not really, honestly, uh, if you are a fan of Survivor and watch this podcast and you have not watched Survivor Maryland, then you really should. It's a, you know, Mandy can confirm. It's a very fun um a series of college students competing their faces off and uh, desperately trying to win no money uh, playing Survivor in college. And it's better than you think it is. So Yeah, and I will um, say, it is it is very good. Sorry to completely cut you off, but I was complimenting. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I will say, it, it's very good. It is, uh, I watched all of the Austin-hosted seasons, at least in a very short amount of time. The All-Star season of Survivor Maryland is some of the best survivor i've ever seen and austin just does an incredible job with the editing and the hosting and the producing and wow. the casting he does it all he did it all and it's it, i mean brendan i think you specifically would really like it because okay. it is it is um it is the game of survivor but it's taking place on a college campus with college students and hosted by austin who you're now friends with so yes. you have that connection right. so i think if we were to uh you know get together and maybe watch half a season in a day i, I think it would be a okay. worthwhile event for us that's a lot of fun actually i'd like to do that are you a Survivor fan, Brendan? No, I've, I've only seen a handful of episodes. Oh, wait, with no, Boston Rob is the only person you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Boston Rob has been mentioned on Robin Akiva, um, so that's the only reason why I know of him. Um, otherwise, I've, I haven't seen a lot at all. Uh, but I, I would, this would be a good way to get my, my feet wet. We watched the first half of Kagayan because Brendan w tried to get into it once, and then we watched the first half, and then I believe we both went away to college and never finished. Oh, is that what happened? Okay, I wasn't sure. I think, I think, I think you, you enjoyed it, though, right? I think it was all right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like it enough to continue on my own. Um, okay. Yeah, rave reviews for one of uh, what is considered one of the best seasons of all time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it it was good enough to be entertaining while I was sitting down in front of it, but it didn't. Yeah, but I think it. the the hook of the uh, of it of it being college students and on a college campus no, for whatever great. reason I think and that especially is something having that a connection you would enjoy. The person who hosts it sounds great. 
Yes, and it the challenges are are pretty fun because they're all things that could be done on a college campus, and you know you get these because it takes place over the course of a semester, Brendan, and so you have these very real relationships between college students right. that are happening outside the game as well. It's it's riveting stuff. It yeah. sounds great. Okay, I'm sold. Works. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 watch it sometime. You can just jump right into the All Star season. Probably you don't have to you don't have to mess around with the other stuff if you're not sure. Danny's first Survivor season ever was a Survivor Maryland season, and now he's a big Survivor fan. So. Wow. So never know okay. Good um, jumping in point. Yeah. Uh, but you can, yeah, you can find that on YouTube. Um, I'm on Twitter at ostentatious with two S's. As Maddie said, I like puns, but apparently someone <laughs> liked that pun before I did. Um, so <laughs> A-U-S-T-A-C-I-O-U-S-S. Um, and then uh, at A-Trump, A-T-R-U, two P's, like uh, not like Trump, to be clear. Um, <laughs> That's that's Instagram. So um, happy. Yeah, you can feel free to find me there. Um, I'm not really doing a lot else on the internet, but um, yeah. Yes, Austin Very was good. not the one starting the lock her up chant outside of <laughs> like <our> house. <laughs> uh, Brendan, what are you plugging? Same old stuff. Same old stuff. Um, I guess more so. I'll, I'll actually talk a little bit more than I usually do about the Happy Boys episode we just released uh, because it has something to do with this show. Good friend of the Lonely Boys. Mel Sullivan was just recently on the Happy Boys. Uh, you might have also heard it if you listen to the Lonely Boys feed regularly because she was on that one. So if you like Mel and you like drinks that are hard teas, like Loverboy, then check out Mel's uh, very solid episode. And I would say maybe even great. People out in these streets have been uh, clamoring for more Mel on the Happy Boys. So um, check that out. It was a lot of fun. I do love Mel, so I actually downloaded that episode. That's okay. Good. Yeah, she's great. Mel, it, it was is, great Mel is great. Yeah. Very, um, very Always happy to get more more Mel on the podcast, so that's a lot of fun. Um, and just me, going for as many Survivor Lake House contestants as possible. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> or, 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 yeah. It's Survivor Lake House week here at here on local <laughs> <laughs> Alan joining. <laughs> I should ask. I should ask Alan. I think I you brought did. it up. I probably brought it up when we uh, when we played a month ago. I uh, can't remember if he said he watches Gossip Girl or not. But more on that later if we if we do <laughs> find him an episode to come on for. Um, so uh, obviously, of course, watch the Save by the Bell reboot. That is homework for you, Brendan, you Austin, and you with the listeners. Everyone, uh, we need to uh, save the show. We need a season three. We need to see what's happening with with my uh, favorite members of Bayside High. Besides that, I was uh, on a recently released episode of BoJack Horsepod with Kirsten and Lindsay. We were, talked the penultimate episode of the series, one of the best episodes of television of all time. Uh, since then, they have also released the finale episode, so they are all done with the series. Very exciting wow. stuff. And so listen to my episode specifically. If you haven't heard any of the episodes, listen to all of them. Yeah. Uh, watch, you know, BoJack Horseman, one of the best shows of all time. Kristen and Lindsay, some of the best podcast hosts of all time. So you can't go wrong with listening to BoJack Horsepod. Yeah. Uh, we were also recently on uh, Jess and um, Sarah's Boy Meets World podcast, the mm-hmm. uh, the shit 90 show taught me. Check that out. Um, yes, also, if, we... you, if you don't like um, Gig and you like me more on this show, then listen to my episode of BoJack Horsepod. Great. <laughs> yeah, you can also do that. <laughs> but unfortunately, both of us were on the uh, Boy Meets World yeah, uh, Shit 90 Shows Taught Me episode. So check that out. We did, I believe, season six, episode 12, Cutting the Cord. Uh, that is a very fun episode uh, that features some very fun karaoke scenes. Um, when's this being released? Friday. So by then, High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three will be out. So everyone can oh. watch that. And uh, besides all that, I am on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You season can three. follow. Season three of High School Musical: The Musical: The Series is being released on. Yes, very soon. By the time this podcast is released, 
What, that what, is, do you, what do you? I didn't even heard that before. It's, it's incredulous. <laughs> this is the twist ending that everyone was talking wow. about. <laughs> and then Olivia so, Rodrigo killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> so I am on Twitter at MaddieFresh24. Follow Brendan at Ruppy Puppy. Follow the Hoppy Boys podcast at the Hoppy Boys Pod. Um, oh, and as as a duo, we should we forgot to plug this other thing. We have been doing the uh, the Sandy Boys, the OC Rewatch podcast. Oh, um, of course. You point, usually can handle yeah, that. I, that's I why. That's my that. effort. Uh, if you, if you are an OC fan, we've been doing the uh, OC rewatch the same format as this show. Uh, I haven't seen it. Gagan's seen it. Um, I'm unspoiled. It's a fun time. We have four episodes up there on Patreon. If you pay three dollars, you get pretty much you get four episodes all in one shot of of that podcast. So it's a pretty pretty good deal for three bucks. So check that out at Patreon.com/slash/TheHoppyBoysPod. All right. Uh, you want to skim Danny's notes, Austin? Did did he have anything else he wanted to say before we uh, get out of here? Um. Mm, Sounds like a no. Where well, is a <laughs> cock block? Army Hammer still hot, but also perpetually thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> very true. That's a dog choice? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Right round? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> this should be a segment at the end of every episode. Danny's notes. We just have. <laughs> Uh, Unfortunately, Danny yeah. will have to watch every episode from now on and take notes. It, oh, oh Danny read. asked if Dan is from John Tucker Must Die. Is that? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good yeah. spot then. I have not seen that, but I believe Kirsten brought that up when she was on. Um, you, you really should watch that movie, Manny. I think you would enjoy it. I'm sure. I will. I'm sure I did put it on my list, but I am perpetually uh, four or five years behind on on my uh, movie list. So. That's neither here nor there. Uh, so, again, thank you, Austin. Uh, thank you, Danny, for at least providing us with some notes that we could refer to. We will From get Danny on. He's yeah, the writer. We will, we, will get Dan- we will get Danny on another episode for sure. Um, and that's all for us. Our dear listeners, you come back next week where we will break down Season 2, Episode 22, with another special guest. Uh, but until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Shalom. Lonely, Lonely boys. boys. <laughs> Dory, I'm sorry it's over two hours. Shalom, boys. Shalom, boys. End it now. End it, end it now. <laughs>